got some bad news. I know it. I love when he does that. Well, once you hit rock bottom, the only way to go is up. So, so good luck. Okay, good luck. You say rock bottom, but like, it just seems like things keep getting worse. What What is rock bottom? Who decides what's the bottom of all this? I mean, seriously, you go, okay, today is Friday, and I woke up in Cleveland, and I'm going, how much worse can it get? Don't tell me down, you piece of shit. Shut your mouth. Look at me, Tony. Look at me. I want you to fire me. You fucking mark! Fire me! Fire me! How you think they gonna feel when they introduce your boys as the new WWE Undisputed Tag Team Champion? I don't know who's. They might be cheering. Yeah. They might be booing. Yeah. Little kids might be crying. Oh, yeah. We got grown men out there crying. Yeah. But they still might be hating on the Uso. Hating on us? Why? Because we went out there and did what we said we was going to do. Deep. Buffalo, all your babbling is interfering with my machine. So for the next few minutes, please just do me a favor and kindly shoot.
Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 324 of the Hoots Podcast. According to this bad boy live in the Good Brother Studio in lovely Chicago, Illinois. It's just truly a nefarious brother, Adam. You can follow me on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. Also, you can hit me up on Instagram if you like at Josh Lopez Media. Make sure to bookmark ProRestatransfers.com. I am joined this week per usual, by the co-host of the Hoots Podcast, but also the director of all operations. And when I mean operations, every spectrum of operations. I, the one I, and only, Brother Carter, Derek Stoughton. Thank you very much. Glad to be back. Yes, I am director of all operations. I'm director of the boardroom. I'm director of the executive room. I'm director of math, addition, subtraction, all of those operations, plus signs, equal signs, negative signs, all the operations, the order of operations, you need operations, doctor's operations, I don't know, I don't know, whatever kind of operations, I got it all covered. Wow. Glad to be with you, Josh. It's been a while. Sorry I had to not contribute last week. Had a, had a very crazy schedule last week, but I'm glad to be back. And oh boy, do we have a lot to talk about, particularly with the flagship segment of our show. I'm already looking ahead, Josh. This might be the best edition of the flagship segment of our show yet, but... Glad to be with you. Can't wait to break it all down. I got a little surprise for you when we get to okay. the, when we get to the segment. All right, I like it. All right. <laughs> okay, so like I said, we're at this episode three hundred twenty-four. I want to thank everybody who's been supporting the show recently. We've been getting a lot of momentum, seeing a lot of positive feedback, especially on social media. So for the awesome. frequent contributors and good brothers and good sisters who uh, enjoy the podcast really means a lot to myself and brother Carter. Uh, You know, this is, I I always say this show is a little bit of therapy for me, which is kind of the reason why it's my favorite part of the week, but this is really a good time. Uh, It's my favorite part of the week because I get to express myself openly, talk, uh, talk the good stuff with the brother of all brothers, brother Carter. Always love, Shoot and shoot them on air, even if we're not talking about wrestling. And we got a lot to talk about today. So uh, I will forewarn everybody, we may be on light on the WWE conversation, which is kind of unfortunate because they kind of do deserve some praise and discussion about what's going on over the last couple weeks. But um, we got a loaded back porch Q&A session that we got to get through tonight. (laughs) And then we got our main event segment as well. Let's get going. As listen, we got big th- as they say, big things popping, little things stopping. Can't wait to get to the to the back porch Q and A. Yes, sir. If you ever want to participate in the back porch Q and A session, all you have to do is hit us up at Twitter at the Hoots Podcast or the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. By, by the way, I just you know, and I know it's been a few weeks, but I am so glad that we have freed the Hoots Podcast. It's been what, two. How long was it, Josh? Was it like two years almost? 18 months. Yeah, so a year, year and a half, um, the, Hoots, the Hoots podcast was held in cap- captivity. No. Actually, no, that gets a yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, side note, so glad that the Hoots podcast is free. That's a good thing. Like I said last week on, uh, on the show, I'm glad that it's, we didn't lose our followers. That was one thing I was concerned if we did get the account back, if we lost our following, because that meant a lot to us. And we've been building this dance show up for six years. How fortunate we suck to start all the way from the bottom and go, you know what I mean, from a Twitter point of view. And again, it goes back to Twitter's hip, 
hypocritical practices where, again, I'm sorry this is not a filter show if this is your first time watching or listening to this podcast, but it's kind of hypocritical for people to upload videos with girls getting their back blown out, and then you got me play, uh, posting a guitar cover. I'm sorry that my guitar skills are good that you want to throw a DMCA strike at me. Like, come on, let's be serious here. What, who are you, Tony Khan? Wait, am, am, am I supposed to be Don Stevens? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. oh, Lord. I can't. Uh, all right. All right. So let's get to this. Backports uh, Q&A session. Let's rock and roll. Um, first, as we usually start off with the good bird, Chris Letta at XTeensLetta24X on Twitter. He says, what up, Oos? Here's some questions for the Q&A this week. Number one, which title do you think Johnny Gargano will win first? Now, this is kind of the good part about the backports Q&A session. Like I said, we're not going to hit a lot of WWE stuff this week, so we can sprinkle in during this segment. So, Brett Carter, as you are making your video return, Mr. Video Boss, uh, you go. You got the floor first. That's right. The Video Boss is in the house. Um, and as we all know, video chumps audio because video takes both you know audio and a visual aspect to it. So. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, that's a throwback. Wow, is that a throwback? Holy cow. Um, I think he should go after the United States Championship first. Um, I, I like the fact that he is uh, – it looks like he's going to do a little program with Theory, which I think is great. It's easy to tie that in to their connections in the way back in NXT. So it's, it's, a, it's a great way to get Johnny Gargano. By the way, I, when I, I didn't get a chance to watch Raw this week, but I watched some of the highlights. And when, my, when I got a notification that Gargano came back, I was, I was so happy. Because I've always been a huge fan of his in NXT. And I know, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but um, I always thought he was one of the best in NXT. So I'm glad he's getting his opportunity. I'm so glad, more importantly almost, that he didn't take the bait and sign with AEW because they would have ruined his career, uh, much like they've done several others. So, uh, But I think he should go for the United States Championship. I think he could have a great feud with Bobby Lashley. It'll be tough because they're both faces, but you can just have a match and, and do something like that. But that's what I think he should do first. Great to see Gargano back. Very true. Um, just to go with a different option so we're not repeating each other, I'll go with the tag team title. Um, well, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't, again, I don't have sources, so I'm not really in tune as far as when the draft is coming up, but I would think, you know, with the transition period we're in right now with Triple H, sooner or later, it has to be some type of reshuffling with the the rosters and how it's structured right now. Um, I'm in agreement with you. Yes, the U.S. title scene could be really cool for him. I, and again, it'd be better off with him than just having one match with Pac for the AEW Galaxy Championship and then <laughs> back on Dark the next week, you know? Uh, right. But for me, if we had to pick a title, I'll say tag team title because um, you could start reshuffling whatever this tag team division is going to look like under triple H. So that, that would be my pick. This is going to have different answers. Yeah. Do you, uh, I know the obvious choice is to put them back together with Champa and reform DIY yeah. I, to me. I know that seems simple, but it makes sense to me. And it's something that can't happen. I think really at the end game, we all know would be Champa turning out of Miz. Right. You know, so it's something that can't happen. I'm not opposed to that. By the way, so sure. Good question, Chris. I like that one. All right, next one. What were your summer highlights? You mean personally or just wrestling? That's a good question. I'm not sure. Um, 
Man, per- summer highlights. Well, for me professionally, was um, getting back on track uh, with my situation and you know getting to do the G one that meant a lot to me. So I was very busy this summer, and the summer's not really over yet. <laughs> uh, I feel like summer's kind of changed. Where I I wait till like Halloween time to say that oh. summer is over. That's kind of like how I look at it now. But um, for me, personal highlights, you know, I, I uh, doing the G one meant a lot to me. Um, you know, kind of putting some people that brought bad energy, toss them to the side, send them out. <laughs> you know, uh, got to see a couple movies. Of course, I got to see the Elvis movie that came out uh, a few oh, weeks ago. Oh, that was excellent! That was excellent. I got to see that too. It's really good. If you like biopics or just like movies in general, it's a good one for you to check it out. Yep. Uh, but besides that, my, my summer was just like crammed with a lot of shows. Um, believe it or not, I had a good time going to uh, the door that pertains to be forbidden, but <laughs> the loose door, mm-hmm. if you will. But uh, my, my summer was decent. Not, not a lot of complaints. Quite better than the previous summers I had. <laughs> oh, I <see> <laughs> Oof. Um, yeah, no, my summer was great, uh, Chris. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. Um, I got to. I think my favorite part of the summer was just getting away from everything and unwinding. Um, last year, school year wise for me was really, really hard. Yeah. And um, just we tried to cram a lot of things in, into a year, and it just kind of overloaded me a little bit. But so just getting away and unwinding and kind of processing a lot of stuff that happened in the year was terrific. I got to travel. Um, Josh, I don't know if I told you this or if you might have seen it on social medias, but I actually got published this summer. So that was really cool. And so that's really, really neat. Um, so I've got and, uh, another institution is going to be performing uh, my piece in the spring. So that's really cool. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be terrific. Um, and then uh, rest of the I got to travel a lot, spend some time in Texas and Louisiana and and we got to return to the motherland of Canada and make sure that moose and maple syrup and all that stuff was still going on uh, during that time. <laughs> hey, did, you, um, did you run into uh, Ted Mosby? And I did not. No, yeah. I, I missed uh, Robin Sparkles and uh, Ted Mosby, and uh, I missed the crew. Yeah, but uh, I was on the lookout, but uh, but I missed them there. But uh, so that was really good. And then wrestling wise, actually for me, the highlight of the summer, uh, and I and I know that there was a lot of major news stories but uh, just for me and i know the obvious one is the triple h uh taking over but for me that my my coolest wrestling moment of the summer honestly was the return of carrying cross i that was out of nowhere and like i was sitting there watching it and then when i heard the music i was like wait i recognize that music what is and then they faded and scarlet was standing in the answer i was like holy shit i mean i it was awesome so that was those are some of my highlights from the summer yeah, when I, I look back at the summer, it was a lot more of a personal journey. It just like, you know, like I said, flush it out, bad energy, and just uh, uh, recalibrating a little bit, too, you know. I'm feeling good, looking good, just doing my thing and um, enjoying my time in the apartment. And um, that's a, I appreciate the question, Chris. I really do. Uh, let's go to the next one here. Should um, Jay Cargill be in the fatal four-way match at all at? Go ahead. <laughs> yes. Okay, we'll get into this into the segment, Josh, but you're telling me the booker of the year, right? The booker of the year is not going to put his undefeated TBS champion in a position to win a world to win their women's world title. Man, that's great booking there, pal. Instead, they're probably going to throw it back on DMD and then bury, you know, Tony Storm and 
Athena and all their, you know, Tony Khan's flavors of the month. So I, I, I mean, I go both ways because I, I mean, there's something very special about Jade Cargill, I think. I, and I, I also don't want her to be thrown into something meaningless, which I mean, it's AEW, so everything's meaningless, but um, <laughs> so I, I, from my answer is yes, because again, you're, if you're going to put your top female commodity uh, besides Thunder Rosa, you're competing for world titles. If you want to give your division some relevancy, yes. But I also don't want her to, you know, be thrown into something that's not going to mean anything in three weeks. But again, it's AEW. So, you know, there's that. Uh, I, I'm going to agree with Brother Carter, but also it goes back to the point that we're going to make later on the show. You could add, you can make it a fatal five way. You can make it a, a elimination chamber match. You could bring in Melina. You could bring in Tessa Blanchard. You bring, you could bring anybody into this match. It's not going to mean anything by the time the show's over because it's littered with 15 and 17 minute matches on the card that you don't give shit about. So it's an afterthought. <laughs> So <laughs> I, we'll get into this, Josh. But to me, the episode felt like, oh, shit, we got a pay-per-view in a couple of weeks. We should probably get some matches together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. This next question was thoughts on this mess of the puck and box match. We'll say that. Yep. Later. Yep. Uh, football question here. MVP this season in the NFL. Well, Josh Allen was the MVP last season. Am I correct? I in think he was. Yes, yes. Wow, that's a good question. Um, it's definitely not Tyreek Hill. <laughs> I think he's doing himself a disservice with how much he's talking to the media and stuff. Like, look, I'm not going to come in here and slander Tua or whatever. He's had a raw deal, you know, when you're shuffling in and out head coaches and offensive quarters every year, kind of like how Mitch Trubisky was dealing here with the Bears. He's just a Miami's not a good football organization. Okay, so I'm not going to. Totally just dumb to all here, but they can they yeah. can Brian Flores, who was like twelve and four the year before, like exactly, you know, and uh, Lamar, no, still no. no receivers. Rogers for the third consecutive year in a row, hell no. <laughs> um, that's dude, that's hard. You know I'll go with Mahomes. That's I'll who it's Mahomes. That's who I was going to say, Josh. I still think Patrick Mahomes is the best football player in the NFL. Until I can see otherwise, what he can do with the football is unbelievable. I was going to say Mahomes. It's either going to be him or Josh Allen because that's that's an incredible. If they can get that working out, that could be a quarterback duel that we could see for years. Kind of like a John Cena Randy Orton feud. You know, we could see that kind of feud for years. I have one exception though. If Justin, I hate say the word. If if Justin Herbert and the Chargers become the number one seed in the ASC and win the division, then I'll give it to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be. You know, I could also see Cooper Cup having another killer season. You know, he was fantastic in the Super Bowl. So, and I know it's hard to, to have a wide receiver as your. Okay, I'm gonna throw out a wild card here too, Josh, because I watch out for Derrick Henry. Because he was on track to have an unbelievable season until he got hurt yep. early on. So I would say watch out for Derrick Henry, too. He's he's And he's itching to get back on that field. Derrick Henry is another case point that football is one in the trenches. It doesn't matter who your quarterback is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Look at the time. Yeah, exactly. You got Tannehill at the helm. Um, yeah, ju- 
Sam, uh, our guy Sam Peebles watching live here on Facebook. You said Justin oh. Herbert as well. That's, hey, Justin Herbert's my dark horse pick if it's not an obvious Mahomes no. uh, decision. So, okay. do, do all, we have any yeah. do we have any questions about the Bears, Josh? Uh, not on from what I've seen so far. <laughs> and I want to and I want to know as we're getting close to it. Yeah. Justin Fields, what do you think? Uh, I. I'm going to give the guy a clean slate. I mean, what can you do with Matt Nagy? When he's not <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> let's be honest here. Right. Um, I wanted to succeed. First off, Mike Martz, the former offensive coordinator, uh, can take one up the ass as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> this offensive wizardry with Jake fucking color for one season that went absolutely no, nowhere. It's now he's like, oh, he's on a horrendous team. They got no players. When's the last time you put on a fucking Bears game? When's the last time you got out of your fucking couch? I haven't heard Mike Martz's name since I was in high school. So, like, uh, but going back to your question about the Bears and Justin Fields, I, I'll keep my hopes of him, with him. Yeah, are the Bears going to be in the playoffs this year? Probably not. Do I think they're going to be the worst team in football, like Bill Bardwell and all these twats on ESPN are going to say? No. No. <laughs> but – uh, I'm excited for him. I'm also excited for Cole Komet. If you guys are looking for fantasy football players, I think it's oh, yeah. this season for Cole. But as far as I'm concerned, <clears throat> please play for Justin Fields. It's gravy. Whatever he does, it's, it's got to look better than whatever that clown show was last season. So that, that's my thoughts on that. Well, I can tell you, you know, as the resident college football guy here on the show, um, he was incredible at Ohio State, and he was a breakout player. At that point, I mean, he was breaking national records, you know, all that stuff. So I, I'm, I, we always say you never know who's going to make the transition to the NFL. You just never know. But I, I believe in Justin Fields. I think that he, if now that he perhaps has a good coach, a coach that can actually, you yeah. know, <laughs> you know, guide him a little bit. And he, I'm sure the coach has brought in a new coaching staff and stuff like that. So I think with a little proper guidance, Justin Fields could do well. So I, there's potential there for the Bears for sure. Next question for Chris, another football one. Uh, early Super Bowl predictions. No. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a good one. Uh, okay. I'm going to say something here, Josh. I don't know why people aren't saying the Rams aren't going to have another shot. You know, it's – you've got a lot of their core pieces are coming back, you know. So – and I know they've, they've lost a, a couple. I understand that. But nobody's talking about the Rams. So, I, it, it's hard to exclude them. You know what I mean? It's very rare we get to sprinkle in something that happened the day of the recording of the Hoops podcast into this show, but <laughs> what happened a couple hours ago is we recorded this on a Thursday night. Aaron Donald just decided to act like a Nimrod today, so I don't know what that looks for as far as the su- suspension is concerned. I, am, I for one, think Jalen Ramsey is overrated as a mm. football player. Um, I'm not saying that they can't have a good run and have a deep run to play Osborne Carter, but I do not see them making back to the Super Bowl this year. But I, I will say I'm excited to see what Allen Robinson brings to the table that Robert Woods didn't because I think they're kind of the same player, to be honest with you. So, right. um, well, but, Matthew Stafford's a good quarterback. They have a good team. I just don't think they're going to repeat this year. Yeah, but I'm looking at the divisions here, and I'm like, you look at the NFC – is, is Tampa Bay going to come out of that again? I mean, it's Who knows? You're, you're looking down and I'm looking down at this and I'm like, who, who's going to come out of this except maybe, 
maybe Tampa Bay. I don't know. Maybe the Rams. I don't think it's going to be Green Bay. So, <laughs> no. So, so who comes up? I mean, I think the AFC is going to win the Super Bowl. No, I mean, <laughs> no question about it. But if I, I'm going to go early. Oh, yeah, Super- I'd say right now, if Pittsburgh was in the NFC, they would have a good run. That's true. Oh, I know it. I okay, Josh. Just, just you know, I'm gonna take, um, I'm gonna take Bucks Bills. Okay, that's my prediction. Bucks Bills, I like that because um, Josh Allen's hungry. Well, it's now or never. It's put up or shut up time. Um, yep. <laughs> I got a question for you. What happens first? Tom Brady goes back to the Super Bowl, or Antonio Brown comes back to the NFL? Oh, well, Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but man. you know what though, Josh? You get into uh, the signing deadline, and there's a desperate team. You know somebody will take a chance on AB. Oh, of course. <laughs> I saw somebody say, "Say, oh, Odell should go to the Bears." In this media market, no shots. No, <laughs> no shots. By the way, I I would like to retract my ideas of having uh, the Bears sign Deshaun Watson. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. You. Before <laughs> we know all the quarterback get too much baggage, did yeah. you not worth the screen? Oh, my <laughs> apologies to all of, to Sam and you and all the Chicago Bears fans. I, I apologize about that one. He'll never be a bear. No shots. <laughs> um man, it's a good pick. I, I am I have the Bills coming out of the ASC. Mm-hmm. That's my pick. I, I would go with Pittsburgh just to troll everybody, and they got a good defense. But I'm going to go with Buffalo. Um, I have Buffalo beating. Mm. It's not the 49ers. I'm sorry. I, I have a hot take right here. Sam, this is a shout out to you. The 49ers will miss the playoffs this year. Whoa. <laughs> hey. podcast, okay. Wow. I'm, I'm with you. I'm going Bills and Bucks as well as my uh, Super Bowl pick. Yes, man. I feel like we need to get like uh, you know the inside the NBA. They've got the sticky notes for predictions throughout oh, the years. We're yeah. <laughs> gonna get that going for the so um, Chris and uh, Nate the Great and all those folks, all of our supporters. Mark this one down. Keep this one and bring it back because I'm gonna forget. So, <clears throat> but mark this one down. Josh is saying 49ers. I say to that, no shot. 49ers are going to get in. Trey Lance is going to figure it out. And I I, I say Trey Lance is going to figure it out. Oh, man, that should be interesting. Hey, remember when uh, they went up to the sticky notes and Charles Barkley just randomly brought up the Jesse Smollett guy? <laughs> What's One thing would happen, oh, two black guys beating up another black guy. <laughs> like, come on, man. Uh, yeah. Charles is a trip, man. <laughs> I will say this. Um, Jimmy G is not going to be a 49er by the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, that's a, I, that, that's I, a prediction, too. By the end of the year, people are going to start questioning if Kyle Shanahan is really dead dude. Um, all um, right. Let's go to the next question here. Um, any wrestling shows you're looking to get to in 2023? I know these are a little different for you, Brookhart, since you moved out to Colorado. I don't know if you've been to it uh wrestling show since uh, your time in louisiana so no haven't had a chance unfortunately uh just been busy doing a lot of things and money's a little tight right now but um and and i don't know josh like I, i'm starting to get to the point where uh, listen, i like live events don't get me wrong but i prefer to watch the events at home if i'm being honest just because you know it's it's way less expensive i can go to the bathroom when i need to go to the bathroom 
I can get a beer for not $14. Right. You know, I I can get a decent meal if I want. So, but, but um, at some point I do want to try to make it to one more mania. Maybe, maybe, well, I was going to say mania, mania 40, but that's in Philly. And as we know, (laughs) there's a hashtag. Hey, the best thing for WrestleMania 40 is to have Charlotte main event one of those nights. I'm telling you right now. Oh, By the way, uh, side note about Charlotte, if you haven't had a chance to watch her episode of the Broken Skull Session, it was, good. It was very good. I very much enjoyed that. Oh, man. My answer is a little different because it's work-related. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to go see a New Japan show um, at the Odium mm. back in April before the Forbidden Door came here. And that was a fun show to go to. I really enjoyed that one. It was the uh, Windy City Rice show. Uh, so I would love to go to another New Japan show if it's in Chicago. That'd be cool. Um, for me, personally, professionally-wise, I would like to go to Mania and be in a press box for SoFi because I want to see what that stadium is like in person, and I just want to have that experience. Um, Dallas is fun and all, but I I, I, I came to realize, Brooke Carter, I'm sure you'll understand where I'm coming from here. I think I'm, at, I'm past the point of sitting in the crowd like a jackass, you know, I should be up there covering the show. I'm just going to call it a spade a spade. I should not be seeing in the crowd free shows. I had a great time. Don't get me wrong. That WrestleMania trip was a, a gift to myself for making it through my first year of living on my own. That's the only reason why I went to Dallas this past year. And I had a good time, but at this part of my career, it's time for me to take that next step. So, um, I would you know, honestly, it's not wrestling related, but I, I would love to go to New York for a show. I, I just I never been to New York first of all, and two it would be cool to go to a show at Madison Square Garden. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. It's been a long time since I've been in New York. Um, yeah, I'd love to go back. Um, if I didn't detest AEW so much, I say I wouldn't mind going to an AEW show just to check out the vibe. But I can't sit. <laughs> I can't much. I can't sit through that. No, I can't sit through a dark taping and an elevation and a rampage and a dynamite and a whatever. So, well, you, well, you can't, you can't miss out on two Tony Khan rah-rah speeches before the show. <laughs> I sort of got, Oh, I can't wait to get to this fucking segment. Later. Ooh. Uh, uh, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. And we'll get to the segment. <laughs> oh, how about this one? Top five waterfalls in wrestling currently. Uh, this may be a conflict of interest for uh, Sir Derrico here, so I don't know if he can answer this question or not. Well, uh, I'll, just, I'll just have to hope that uh, uh, we'll just have to uh, hope that uh, my current waterfall is not listening to this particular episode of the podcast. Otherwise, I might be in trouble. She's gonna, <laughs> she's gonna be visiting here next week, so I'm looking forward to seeing her. But uh, yeah, so we're just gonna hope that she doesn't listen to this particular episode of the podcast. So, um. Josh, there's only one answer for number one. In my eyes. Go ahead. The goat. The queen. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's, woo. Oh, man. That's because, you know, not, I also appreciate, of course, the, the physical beauty, but I also appreciate the the in-ring ability. So, hey, being good at your job is not a bad uh, attractive quality, if you will. Absolutely not. So. I've got her number one, but ooh, that's good. Um, should we just start making a list, Josh? What do you think? Let's just rattle off a bunch of names, right? <laughs> I, I have a top five, but we'll, we'll go back and forth a little bit too. Okay. But, um, 
Um, well, who's your top five? Okay. Now, this is not just wrestling wrestlers. I'm also adding uh, commentators onto the list as well, okay? Great. So, number five, I am going with Mickey James because it's still old school. My number one waterfall of all time of female wrestlers, and she's still active, so I still have to have her on the list. Number four, Blair Davenport from uh, NXT UK. She just made her debut on NXT uh, the other night. My God. Top notch. Uh, number three, um, Alicia Toop, uh, a <laughs> uh, good uh, backstage interview from MLW, uh, widely known in the wrestling circles. Very talented at what she does. Uh, she's, she's amazing on all fronts, to be honest with you, especially the waterfall. But uh, number two, Man, Penelope Ford. Ah, <laughs> I was not going to miss out on Penelope Good choice. Good yes. choice. Uh, Penelope Ford. And then one, for me, it's a lot of time, like, waterfall itches I've had over the last couple of years. And just her overall appeal is uh, Killer Kelly from Impact Wrestling. Oh, interesting. You want to talk about a smoke show? She's that times 100. Wow. Good choice. I'll have to go check out. I don't. I don't know some of these people, so I'll have to go. I'll have to go check that out. That sounds great. Um, so I've got the goat at number one. Yeah. Um, just some others, and I don't know if there's a particular order, but um, I've got Alexa Bliss up there for sure. What? Liv Morgan. I've what? got up there. I mean, my. So you can tell I like a particular type. My yeah. fiance, okay. by the way, but my my fiance is a blonde, has long blonde hair as well. Oh, uh, yeah. So. Um, Maybe, so there it is. That's how I'm getting away with it. Is that you know the 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 the, the three at my top look like my fiance? So, <laughs> um, um, who else? If I had to throw some other names, um, I think Raquel Rodriguez has got some excellent, excellent. I am a big fan of Raquel Rodriguez. Oh gosh, um, I, I'll I'll give you a couple other. Um, I, I always thought that Kyrie Sane, when she was doing it, I was always a big fan of Kyrie Sane and and that waterfall. And I'm going to say Jade Cargill because my God, the total package right there, yowie wowie. So, but some good, but it's that's a hard question. It is. There's a lot to choose from. Um, yeah, uh, Bianca Belair is yep. still another honorable mention for me. Um, yep. Who else? Uh, that's a great question. Hard, uh, I know, I know uh, a good friend of ours uh, enjoys uh, Gigi Dolan from NXT. Ooh, yep. Um, By the way, great to see them on SmackDown this week. That Toxic Attraction got their chance. Sad, of course, that Gigi yeah. got hurt, but yeah, that was a bummer. I did that. That was unfortunate. <laughs> I know. And, and one thing you know about wrestling, man, the card's subject to change, man. It should happen sometimes, you know. Yep. Um, Golly, uh, I, I'm sure there's some obvious ones that we're forgetting. Chelsea Green or. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Um, Candice LeRae, I actually think is pretty, has got some nice waterfalls. So, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up with this one, of course. Uh, Mandy Rose and Cora Jade. As Ab- well. Oh, yes, 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 absolutely. Uh, I'm sure we'll think of some others as, as we go, but yes, <laughs> good stuff. Good, that's a hard question. Good question. Uh, back to football, fantasy football sleeper picks this year. Ooh. Um, I'm gonna go with Pat Frymuth. Oh, that! Hey, listen, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I was actually just looking at some stuff today. 
Uh, I would say watch out for just some folks to watch out for. Um, think of Michael Pittman Jr. Could have he could have a good season. Um, gosh, uh, who else? Um, they've got Alan Le- uh, Alan Lazard on this list. Uh, Darnell Looney. Uh, yep. Um, I kind of like that Cole Komet pick actually. Yeah, as a sleeper. I, I recommend it even if you want to bench the guy. He's a good reliable. Well, <laughs> you're gonna need when your main when your main starter is you know has a bye week. Cole could be a great. Hey, here's yeah. the thing: there may be a lot of games where the Bears are um, down a lot, and you get some like garbage time stats and touchdowns and stuff. So <laughs> that, that's where he fits in. I'm just doing a quick Google search for some sleepers for some names that um, that. Uh, that we could be missing. I think Damian Harris is actually not bad. Not bad. Yep. Um, Cause again, you know, even if you're not, even if they're not on a great team, if they're still the, if they're still a wide receiver one or a running back one, they're still going to get a ton of yards. Yep. So I, gosh, I don't know. Um, I'll keep looking. If we want to move on, I'll keep looking and see Hunter if we can find some. Hunter Renfro. Oh, good choice. Yes. yes good choice. Um, yes. This one's saying, watch out for Khalil Herbert. Uh, not, not not bad option. Um, running back. I would say, you know, I wouldn't hit. I wouldn't go high with David Montgomery, but if he's still out there for your teams, I, I would say go after him. Yep. Um, <laughs> Someone here says, "Watch out for Carson Wentz." <laughs> Carson Wentz, no shot. <laughs> yeah, that's, good. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> How about this? Uh, the last question for Chris here. He says, I have picked six and seven for both leagues. I'm in. Who should I take if available? I don't know. Is, are your leagues, like, individualized where you can pick, like, uh, individual defensive players? Because if that's no. – um, if, if that league was available, I would say TJ Watt. Um, but, oh, God, that's a great question. Um I tell you what, this was a defensive heavy draft this year. So look at some of those teams who um, I'm trying to think of like some of those guys, like that guy that came out of Penn state is going to be huge. Where did he end up? Gosh, Uh, I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing blanks here. I just know that some of those early teams. Yes. Yeah. He's on the bears. That's the Jaquan Brisker. I'm telling you, watch out for the bears. I, I, this, the defenses players that came out this year are solid. So defense has got a huge shot in the arm this year. Mm. Kyler Gordon as well from uh, Utah. I believe that's where he played. uh, Mm. That's a defensive back Utah. Um, Look here. Uh, He played college football. He was at Washington. Washington, okay. Eh, kind of same shit. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> in conference. Yeah, yeah, same region, too. I, yeah. I call that Twilight Country. Um, <laughs> uh, anyways, um, <laughs> do I lose points off the, for my performance evaluation? Well, this is recording late at night. And I, well, I took a week off last week, so we're just calling we're just calling it a wash this week. Okay. But I have to tread lightly, yes. Well, <laughs> We're going to be doing so much in our flagship segment. It's not going to even matter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So sorry we can't be more help on this one, Chris. Yeah, it's a tough question, but you brought some good ones this week, brother. I appreciate it. <laughs> Next, we go to Mike Rubio at Main Event Swerve. He says, hey, Hoots, here's a question for you this week. Keep killing the game and setting the standard for wrestling and life-based podcasts. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. 
Appreciate you, good sir. Um, all right. It says, um, <laughs> the NXT Women's Division has been shaken up in the past month, so who would be your top five power rankings or contendership rankings at Tuesday night? Ooh. I'll take this one because yep. I do the NXT shows. Um, well, um, I'm not going to do power rankings because AEW can't get it right, and I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do any like mental gymnastics on air here with you guys either. So, um, just off the top of my head, uh, number one, Mandy Rose because she's the champion. Uh, two, Miko Satamore. Three, Blair Davenport. Four, Alba Fire, formerly known as Kaylee Ray, and number mm. five, Zoe Stark. Boom, Good choices. Boom. I'm just looking at the roster here, Josh, too, and. That's hard to say. I mean, you've got um, Nikita Lyons, who's been doing great work. Cora Jade. Cora Jade, absolutely. Well, all of Toxic Attraction, I know that's easy to say, but... Roxanne Perez. Uh, oh, Ro- former Roxy. Yes. There's a lot of good options right now, but, mm-hmm. you know, sprinkling in the NCUK women's uh, performance in there has been nice to see, too. So. Who, who, do you, who do you think... Um, uh, now, of course, we know that NXT UK is 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 becoming NXT Europe. Who do you think from NXT, the current NXT UK roster could make an an impact right away in NXT? Uh, Blair Davenport. I, honestly, Brian Carter. I think one of the reasons why I have her on my like, waterfall list is why she like really stood out to me. It's just her presence, man. Mm-hmm. She got like that Becky Lynch presence to her. She she's so good at ring and how she carries herself from a visual presentation point of view. I just think what she does, and she's really, really good at the ring. So, uh, well, she, she could be a player. She, you, you could say she's a mixture of Paige. You could say she's a mixture of Becky Lynch. But to me, she's just good on her own accord. But I, I'm a big fan of hers. I'll be curious to see what they do with Indy Hartwell now that Dexter Loomis is starting to become yeah. more of a presence. So watch out for for Indy Hartwell as well. Dexter Loomis turning obsolete. No, okay, he's doing a good job right now, actually. <laughs> oh, oh, his, oh, Dexter Loomis's stuff has been hilarious. It's been awesome. Yes. <laughs> okay, next question. On a scale of one to ten, how do you rate the lights out match between Wendy Chu and Tiffany Stratton in terms of overall entertainment? Brother Adam, this one is all you, my friend. Um. Speaking of women that are doing good stuff on NXT as well, that could be potential contenders down the road. Um, I'm going to say, as far as entertainment point of view, I'm going to go uh, 7.5 out of 10. It was cool. Um, there was not blood in this lights out match, so you don't have to worry about that being hyped as the greatest hardcore match of all time, kind of like the other lights out match that had featured women. But um, <laughs> in this match, we had they had a place for us. So instead of doing dump tacks, uh, Wendy Chu poured thousands and thousands of Legos on the mat. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. You're fine. I, I, thought, I thought it was fine for a hardcore match. I, I'll tell you this. You know, Tiffany Stratton character is very, I wouldn't say formulaic, but it is kind of similar to what Carmel is doing and all just look at me and blah, 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 stuff like that. But she's very, very good in the ring. I, I'll give her that. Nice. Um, so I'll go 7.5 out of 10 for that star ratings. What a day, Matt, right? <laughs> if you, if, by the way, side note, if you check out the last edition of the Heat podcast featuring our good friend referee Tony S, we all debunked the star rating method based on the rewind that I saw on that one. So go check that one out. <laughs> that was very good. 
Tombstone. Tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, here's some one about Triple H. I'm sure you're excited for this one, Brennan Carter. Um, yep. What has been your favorite WWE creative move on TV since SummerSlam week when uh, Triple H took over? Uh, you know, it, it's hard to say just one. You can point to certain moments, and, and a lot of us are thinking to the returns, you know, and, and some of these guys, folks that we're certainly happy to see back. Uh, and, and I know that's the most obvious one, uh, you know, of course, Number one at the top of my list is Killer Cross, and I think that that completely changes what could happen at Clash of the Castle. I know we'll get into that when we get into our predictions next week, but um, I, I just sense that there's a little bit more. I'm going to go with maturity on the show. You know, I, I, I sense that there's just a little bit more of we're going to take this a little bit more seriously. Yes. Uh, and now, do you need to do the fun stuff? Sure. Like, in, like there was a Donnie Brook match. Fine. You know, you've got to have that stuff every once in a while for the kids and all that stuff. Like, fine. I, I just get a sense that it's a more mature product without it being TV 14. Because you don't have to say shit five times in a promo to get your point across. You know? So, I... I I just feel like the, the the characters are allowed to be themselves more. Um, yeah. They're allowed to cut more of their more kind of promos more in the style of their characters in the in the pro in the styles that they're most comfortable with. So it's it. it I just that's the word I'm going to go with. That it just seems like it's a more mature show without it being you know they're 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 giving their wrestling fans they're treating them like a little bit that they're smarter than perhaps the previous regime did. So that's what I'm going to go with. It's not, it's not a bad way to look at it. Um, I think for me, outside of the returns is um, seeing the, um, I want to say reutilization, but because this guy's done a lot of good stuff, even under Mystic Man's direction, but uh, seeing the return of uh, Kevin Owens as a prize fighter is yeah. uh, the best thing that I've seen uh, so far from TV. Uh, I, of course, I would I would go across, but I, I've been singing his praises enough on this show for the last couple weeks. So I don't want to make it come off weird or whatever, but he's right. doing great stuff, man. I'm very I'm very happy for him because he's a good a good dude, and uh, I thought he got handed a raw deal, a pun intended, uh, that first go around, and you know, good for him. He's making the most of his maximizes his TV time. If Absolutely. You well, and, and I said this too um, when I was via satellite a couple weeks ago with Karrion Cross, but he got a raw deal because he his run all happened during COVID. Yep. You know, his debut happened right at the, you know, six weeks after the pandemic started. So how can you really – and then and, – and this is where Vince McMahon, you know, we bashed the shit out of AEW, but we're going to bash WWE when it's time. Vince McMahon screwed up Karrion Cross big time on the main roster. That was horrible. Yep. That was just horrible. So Vince, he gets he gets a big strike for what he did to 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 Karrion Cross. But now TikTok. All right, another question here. Um Mike says Gargano and Theory are in a few now. So can you see Gargano screwing Theory out of the money to bake cash in? I guess so. It's just about timing and placing. And I know a lot of people be like, oh, just just toss Austin Theory to the side and give the three case to Gargano. I don't think it's a good look, to be honest with you, for Triple H and the you know the optics of it. No, right. I've already 
I'm already seeing people be like, oh, we're just going to get a ripoff of NXT Black and Gold. And, oh, just because Triple H got the pencil, now it's everything NXT, NXT. And I, I've been open and honest to say that not everything in the Black and Gold era was perfect and the greatest things is sliced bread. But, you know, I'm happy Gargano's back. That was an awesome moment to see that on Monday. I got really yeah. excited. It's very rare for me to, like, lose my focus during the show while transcribing it and have that Fed element come out of me. But I had that during the show. I thought that was pretty cool. But as far as the money to bank contracts concerned, again, whether you like Austin Theory or not, that's your deal. But I, don't, I just think it would be a bad look to just toss this kid to the side like he's a piece of trash and he can't do anything. Again, it's all subjective. If you're not entertained by it, okay, cool, that's fine. I don't have an issue with that. But to say he's not talented and doesn't deserve what he's doing right now, I just think it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, just because Triple H is in charge doesn't mean Austin Theory is any less talented. You know, and we've we've said even when he was in NXT how how talented we thought Austin Theory was. And, you know, when he got to the main roster right away, it's like this this kid's got something. There's no doubt about it. So uh the other thing I'll say, one other thing, Josh, and then I'll hand it back to you with the Gargano thing. My favorite part about the book about the Gargano thing is that nobody saw it coming. All of a sudden, his music played and was like, whoa, yeah, that's awesome. You know, it, it, it's those kind of moments where we can, I feel like we can be more of just surprised again, you know? Right. I love it. It, it. Don't let the fickle universe uh, trick you. Uh, Austin Theory was the indie darling before he went to that. <laughs> And at WWE, let's not forget that. Yep. Um, all right, next question: How many tiles, if any, do you think will change hands at Worlds Collide? Um, this is a good part here because um, I don't know how much time we'll get to Spencer in the other segment, but um, I think probably all of them are going to change. It's just going to have to. It's just a reality. The situation is. Um, uh, I talked about it extensively, Burkhardt, because that's when the announcement came out about XE Europe, and um, as you guys would. Expect I I am I am bummed out that NXT UK is going away for the rest of the year. I am. It's not it's not the ideal situation, but expansion is not a bad thing either. And I think there was going to be a bigger emphasis of NXT and NXT UK once the pandemic was simmering down. We're still in a pandemic. And I and unfortunately I think NXT UK out of anything in professional wrestling really suffered the most um, for as far as momentum is concerned, uh, as far as talking conversations is concerned, because NECK was dishing out good takeover specials. Uh, I continue to say it was the best weekly produced show that WWE did each week, and I, I still enjoy it, and I'm bummed out it's going away, but, you know, they're doing a lot of unification championship matches on Worlds Collide. Uh, which is actually airing before All Out. So, Brett Hart, you could watch a pay-per-view if you want during that day. It just doesn't have to be night, and you don't have to pay 50 bucks for it. So, <laughs> Pay 50 bucks to see a world title match that I'm not going to give two flying shits about? Yeah, and we saw on free TV. <laughs> yeah, so right now they're doing Braun Breaker against Tyler Bate. Uh, they're doing a triple threat match with both women's titles. It's... Mandy Rose, Miko Setamora, and Flair Davenport in a triple threat match. Uh, I'm sure the tag titles be in it. I have a match to recommend for everybody. Carmelo Hayes, the North American champion against Noah Dar, the NXT UK Heritage Cup champion. That would be a barn burner. 
uh, that may even steal the whole weekend if they do that match. So um, be on the lookout for that. Well, so and, and you may have talked about this last week, Josh, but do you feel that would it be okay for some of these folks to just kind of go off for a little while and then just when NXT Europe reemerges, they just say, okay, we're now going to rebrand the NXT NXT UK Championship as the NXT Europe Championship, you know, and those kinds of things. Well, that, that was mostly the case anyway. Last week they had announced about a lot of released uh, performers. Right. And then we're the majority of the NXT UK roster. So, I, again, again, I, I think, you know, Shawn Michaels plays a big part behind the scenes of NXT UK. He really helps, like, produce and book that show. So, I think for him, you probably just say, hey, guys, this is what the situation is right now. But it's not a goodbye forever. It's a we'll see you later uh, type of thing. Which, um, so I guess, and you may have talked about this last week, but was there any particular release that was kind of shocking to you and that you were sad about? Um, I was a little surprised by Trent Seven just due to the fact of his longevity. And people, out of people that are from that brand, I think more casual people would know who he is out of everybody. Um, I guess you couldn't cut Ilya Dragunov because he's injured right now. So, and he's had experience in the U.S., uh, so I'm sure he'll come back soon. But uh, as I was looking through the roster, not really. I, I was kind of bummed that certain, like, factions that are growing up that were going to go away, like uh, D Familia, which is kind of like a, I would say a gothic group, but it's a very interesting group that they have in NXT UK. They, all three of those guys got cut, and... Um, yeah, <laughs> I guess one of them stood around was uh, Charlie Dempsey, who is uh, William Regal's son. Uh, so oh. I see him on XC the other day. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I was surprised about Trent Seven too. I remember some great matches he had with Tyler Bate and and stuff. So it's it's just. It, but again, uh, it's entertainment, man. You know, we it's it sucks. I hope we see Trent Seven again, perhaps in NXT Europe. You know, if after a few months, we'll see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just, I just hope he doesn't join the what I have undoubtedly when AEW Europe becomes a thing because <laughs> why not? <laughs> oh man! All right, let's go to the next one. Yep. Yep. Uh, if you can only pick one must-see match, what fits that bill the most at Clash at the Castle? Oof! I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the obvious one is the world title match, but. I'm looking forward to Sheamus and Gunther. I oh, think that's going to be <laughs> awesome. Was that your pick? Yes. <laughs> going to be in front of that crowd. That's yeah. going to be badass. I can't wait for that one. That may be the match of the weekend. <laughs> yeah. You know, a big meanie man bumping me, <laughs> slapping me. All oh, that. That's going to be awesome. Freaking fantastic! I can't wait for that one. That's going to be great. You know what? If we have to pick other picks, I'll go with Seth Rollins and uh, Matt Riddle. Yeah, that'll be good too. That card for uh, the Cardiff show is going to be very, very good. I, I am intrigued to see what goes down with the U.S. title. Uh, um, things with the tag team situation may be a little different because uh, the Usos have their um, the DUI pass. I don't know how that goes with England and their tours. That's why they don't go on the U.K. tours. So, uh if you don't see the Usos on the show, that may be a reason why. 
Maybe he's trying to recruit well, the. Well, there you go. There's the. They're already looking ahead and getting Sami Zayn involved. Yeah, and we'll get to the Roman Reigns though, because I know me and you want to talk about that. Uh, but <laughs> it may be a chance where Roman could lose a title, lose the titles, and then Drew gives it. Uh, he he, I don't know, he keeps one title and gives the other to Raw. You know. Sure. Something like that. Again, I know a lot of people are like, oh, what about the Rocket Rumble Reigns? That match does not need a world championship to main no. event at WrestleMania. No. It does not. Um, <clears throat> and again, argue, this is the same audience to be like, why is it the title there every week? Why we got to wait multiple months for Rollins to defend his titles? And then you're going to throw a hissy fit at Drew McIntyre beats him? <laughs> like, you got to pick a lane. <laughs> It's for uh, just the wrestling fans. They don't know how to do that. Ooh, how about this one? What Midwest team has the worst for the NFL season? The Cleveland Browns without Deshaun Watson or the Chicago Bears with any quarterback on the roster? Oh, okay. Pipe it down there, Mr. Davis Mills. In the Houston, Texas. <laughs> I, I wonder if Bobby Simpson's going to be not falling asleep like Tony LaRusa at the sidelines. <laughs> let's, let's pipe it down there a little bit. <laughs> Woo! Um, <laughs> uh, it's got to be Cleveland. I mean, Kareem Hunt is already saying he wants to be traded. Again, the NFL's an idiot. They should have just suspended the guy for the whole season. Yes. Well, this whole Deshaun Watson well, stuff can be one entire episode in itself. I don't have the time to go off about it. Uh, yeah, because it's just – okay. Well, again, who knows what the Browns are going to be like after 11 games? You know, it's – what if they're 0-11 and they can't make the playoffs? Then what's even the point of playing Deshaun Watson? Exactly. And and they or, and tanking so that they can get draft picks. Like, what's even the point? Yeah. Oh, God. I don't... Or here's the flip side. What if they're 11-0? Why would they want to go – why would they want to mess up the machine? Uh, people still buying the juice that Deshaun Watson's just uh... – Instant Super Bowl get you there, guy. <laughs> hey, 2017 was five years ago. I, I, again, I'm alone in my opinion that feel like the guy is over as a quarterback player. But again, again, the juice is not worth the squeeze. Absolutely, it's just not. not. Yeah, and again, watch out for Justin Fields. I think he could break out at any moment. Um. All right, let's get to the next question here. Um. Old rivalries die hard, and there's an argument for both, but who's the greater World Series nemesis for the Houston Astros? The Braves from last year or the White Sox from 2005? Um, I'm just going to say the White Sox because Roger Clemens and that team was petty over the fact the White Sox were barely seeing them in Chicago to start off the series. I remember that uh, like it was yesterday. I was 11 years old. It's crazy how fast time goes by. Oh, absolutely. 17 years ago, <laughs> that World Series? Shit, man. Um, yeah, I, I have to say the White Sox. I can't say the Braves because I didn't watch the World Series last year. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, a friend of mine here in Colorado is a big Braves fan, so I got to hear a little bit about it, and that their run was pretty cool. But so I, but I don't follow baseball that closely, so I don't really know. Um, can't really comment on that. But uh, I just know the Braves were, were had a great, you know, great run last year. They're looking okay this year. You know, they're 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 in the hunt. We'll see if they can take down the Mets. We'll see. Why? <laughs> uh, let's go to the next question. Oh, oh boy. Here we go. Uh-oh. 
Does the student loan cancellation dues benefit you at all? Um. Oh boy. Oh boy. I I feel like this is going to get into a political thing, and I don't really want to do that. But um, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a Kettleman Kellerman here. I'm gonna you know play both sides <laughs> of the fence here, but. I mean, there are some people that are really happy because, you know, they're getting some loans forgiven. They can put some money back into the economy. They feel like that they can be financially stable again and and like they absolutely have a chance. And to those people, I say, that's great. That's fantastic. Good for you. Um, But then there's a lot of people who are like, I worked my ass off and paid off my debts and some people are getting handouts. Why should they get a handout even though, when I worked my ass off to, to get all my, you know, to, to repay my debts back? And then the final piece of that puzzle is where is that money going to come from? You know, yeah. they are saying the money's going to come to the taxpayer. So what does that mean? Does that mean prices are going to go up? Does that mean taxes are going to go up? It's, it's a lot of stuff that I don't understand. But I, I always try very hard, um, Josh, to when I can – give credit to our leaders because leaders have to make whatever side of the fence you're on. They have to make some impossible decisions yeah. and every, and every decision that a leader makes, you're going to have half the country that's going to be happy, happy and half the country that's going to be pissed off. So make a decision and go with it. So I, I don't want to get into my thoughts on that because I'll ultimately alienate somebody and I don't want to do that. Um, but I just, I, I can see it from every angle and it's, this isn't the first time that a decision is going to make people happy and piss people off, and it won't be the last. So there you go. Yeah, I, I get what you said, Brent Carter. It Again, just for full disclosure, I'm independent. I do not rock with Democrats or Republicans. I think for myself. Correct. If you're offended by that, that's a you problem. That's not a me problem. <laughs> um, for me... Again, it's just showcasing another scenario where we have to pit one ideology against another where nothing's being solved at the end of the day and not looking at the real issue that's right in front of us. The way schools are structured, especially colleges, and the way they charge students for college and what goes into that, it's a flawed system. I'm just going to be completely transparent with you. Mm. I I am in the belief that a lot of teachers are underpaid. If you look at the totality of the position and what their role is in society, they're the most underserved and undercompensated field, I believe, out there. No, 100%. And I respect the fact that teachers need to be compensated. But again, the structure that goes into these student loans and what these colleges are charging these kids for is just complete and other bullshit. For example, I got accepted to Berkeley College of Music in 2008 in high school. One of the reasons why I couldn't go and attend Berkeley was the fact that semesters cost 50000 a semester. I went one year to Columbia College downtown in Chicago for music, same thing, 30000 a year. Now, here's the thing, 30000 a semester, 
But I was not allowed to take major music classes until my junior year of high school. So Columbia was expecting me to pay 60000 bucks even before I start getting credit for the degree I'm going after. And make, again, when it comes to the conversation about hard work versus this or handouts, all of us are hypocrites at the end of the day. You're going to sit there on your fat ass, you know, getting your food from your stimulus check, but you're going to throw a fucking hissy fit over somebody having their loans paid off. I'm just being honest. I, I, I'm being transparent. If that upsets you, that's a you problem. Because you're guilty of it. <laughs> you can, you'll take a handout from these lawsuits from social media networks. There's one about Snapchat. There was one a couple weeks ago for, about Facebook where you can file a claim for a lawsuit and get money out of it. But you'll also be the same person that'll thumb your nose at somebody as far as their work ethic because they're aged. And we have to go... I say this all the time. This goes back to when I was doing shows with Adam Daly. And I've noticed a lot from him, too. Believe it or not, a lot of say's problems starts at home. Because the, the structure and how a lot of people are raised is to act like a robot and just defy to the ways of life and the way life's supposed to be for that structure. Because that's the way it is. That's the way it's supposed to be. Blah, 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 blah. You can't think for yourself because that's not the way to look at things. That's that's the reason why you have people from political parties that have issues with racism and looking at the sexual uh, LGBTQ communities, those constant arguments, right? Going back to the working hard in a handout argument, I am the last person they'll ever come on here and say, I need a handout. I don't even need to come in here and boast about my work ethic. Those that know me know my work ethic. I don't have to talk about it. But I'm not going to thumb my nose at somebody who has to pay $20,000 or over thirty. There's no reason why college should cost that much fucking money if it didn't cost that much in high school to get your diploma in the first place. I'm here living in my own apartment covering professional wrestling shows. And what do I have to my resume? I got uh, a license to be a professional broadcaster from a broadcasting school in a broadcasting program downtown. That doesn't make me better than anybody, but that doesn't diminish my work ethic. It doesn't diminish my process. Oh, okay, just because I don't have a four-year degree from a college doesn't mean I'm not talented what I wanted to do. I could have had a four-year musical degree. I could have. A lot of people are in a lot of different situations. And for a lot of people to thumb their nose, because you don't know the reality those people go through. You just don't. So you can sit in your fat ass again, saving whatever you got for your stimulus checks, but you're going to throw a fit over this uh, forgiveness thing. Now, I, again, I don't have all the details. Like... <laughs> I don't even know what really goes all into this situation. Are you getting money? Is all your loans forgiven? Is it a stimulus stimulus check type of thing? I don't know what it is. There's not enough details. And right, there, is, is it right that there's not even a link yet to this thing? I don't know. I, I just know that it was announced. I don't know what the details yeah. are. I think you have to make a certain if you if you make a certain amount of money, you're it's families who make up to X amount of dollars or whatever. 
kind of thing. So I don't know. They don't even have a link or a deadline set, a deadline set for this anyways. Right. So again, I'm not going to come here and say I have all the right answers because I don't. But to have this stupid argument about handouts and working hard, it's just bullshit. Right. You don't need to... I, I kind of look at it like those like tough guys on Twitter dick measuring contest type of thing. That's kind of look at these arguments. It's stupid, and there's no substance to it because you guys are talking about both sides of your ass. The people that don't work hard and looking for handouts will lash out at other people for their high-paid jobs and their four-year degrees and blah, 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 blah. But those people put in the work to get where they are. I don't look down at people that got degrees. I would love to have a degree, but I'm fucking proud of having my my broadcasting team. I worked hard for that shit. I earned that shit. Right. And I thought I was going to go one direction. Life throws you in so many different directions that are out of your control. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to sit here and put my (laughs) I'm going to put my future to the side because it's not right for my family because they want to vote for some president that's not the president anymore or vice versa. Fuck that. All of us took stimulus checks. Every single one. It doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat. You all took stimulus checks. And don't tell me you did it. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. Listen, if someone's going to say, hey, we're going to do this for you, okay. I, well, I'd be stupid to turn it down. Yeah. You know? It'd be stupid. To... And here's the other thing, too, Josh. And, you know, I know we're going off on a bit of a tangent here, but we're also living in a society now where college is not, and this is somebody who's going to be in academia for the rest of their life. Um, Not everybody should go to college. College is not for everybody anymore. You can get a trade. You can go get a specialty degree like yourself, like a broadcasting degree from a broadcasting school. So it's, it's not for, it's not for everybody anymore. Right. And I, and I think about all the friends of mine that I went to high school with that, went to these colleges and stuck with student loans that have fit kids that they have to pay for and, you know, help raise and stuff like that. Mm. They don't deserve money because, oh, they didn't work hard and they made a mistake having sex in college. So what? Yeah, majority of people that graduate from college, believe it or not, before they get their dream jobs and all that shit, are working at McDonald's. They're working at Aldi's. They're working at all these places. This college process the educational process and getting your dream job and the real way to go get your money and live right the white live life the right way it's all bullshit mm-hmm. nobody has the answers to it well and if you do it the right way like there's plenty of opportunities for you to get some of your college paid for you know like there's scholarships and it, you know and if you're if you're fortunate enough to have parents that knew how to invest properly and all that kind of good stuff you know you can go to college and not have to pay for a lot of things yeah so it's 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 i don't have all the answers you don't have all the answers none of us has all the answers you know it's it's yeah. oh how about this one what good is question my... by the way good uh good discussion thank you mike i appreciate that one uh what is one sports name on your bucket list you like to visit before you pass away Ooh, i don't want to why do we have to add that to the question <laughs> oh, <laughs> what can you say that question one more time josh was one stadium you'd like to visit? Oh, for me, I I want to go to the most famous arena in the world. I want to go to Madison Square Garden just to see what the hype is all about and 
just to say I've been there. For, so for me, MSG would be pretty cool. Uh, I'd like to go to Daly's place. No, mm. I'm <laughs> you just want to go on there so that you can spit on anything AEW. Uh, that, they won't even let me go past the security part. <laughs> about it. CIA big field, right? <laughs> walk, walk up with your Roman Reigns shirt. Be like, I'm sorry, that's not welcome here. I wouldn't wear a Roman Reigns shirt. Let's not get silly now. <laughs> um, you know, I I would like to um, check out one of these stadiums in England for a wrestling show. I think that'd be pretty cool. Let's say if I had an opportunity to work for a wrestling company and go to one of these shows, I would love to go there. Um, I do want to see the LA stadium because I heard it's insane. The oh, so SoFi? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, heard, I've heard that too. I kind of did take one off my bucket list. Believe it or not, getting to see uh, AT&T Stadium was on my bucket list. So I, I, I'm really glad that I got to see that in person. That that piece of architecture is something else, man. And say what you want about Jerry Jones. He may be an incompetent uh, owner, but <laughs> when it comes to the, the, the that stadium, that's the thing of beauty. He's not an incompetent owner. He's an incompetent GM. Yeah, that's If, that's if he was just the owner and he hired a GM, fine. Yes. But but much like Tony Khan, he's got money and he wants to play Booker. He wants to play GM and yeah. <laughs> look where it's gotten the cowgirls. All right. Uh last question for Mike here. He says, Do you believe Tony Khan say that WWE gave better later getting better lately benefits AEW because people recognize guys like Punk Danielson and Adam Cole? Uh I'm gonna say no, because the fact that people are throwing out the idea that CM Punk is gonna turn heel, what does that tell you about AEW? One year, by the way, we're celebrating one year of CM Punk at AEW, right, this week? Yep. What does that say that CM Punk is already turning heel? By the way, we're having a eulogy later on. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with AEW? And I'll explain why. So, no, it's not going to be recognizable. Look at their numbers. <laughs> just watch the product. All you have to do is just watch the product. And... Tells you everything you need to know. It doesn't matter what Tony Khan says, what he doesn't say. Apparently, they had a talent meeting, and he was all fired up. And, like, all the EVPs gave their opinion, and so did, you know, Jericho and all that stuff. How about this? Tough tough love from Kenny Olivier. (laughs) Tweakles McFinger fuck. (laughs) All Um, right, Mike, thank you for the question this week. Yes. Uh, last fashion question this week comes from the good brother Nate the Great. Ah, yes, we love Nate the Great. Nate the Great on Twitter at Psycho Nagiri on Twitter. Um, let me pull this up really quick. Hubba hubba hubba. Uh, I got it right here. Here we go. Do the Raiders have a chance at winning the West this year? Yep, I think absolutely. I think so. You know, you've got – I think Derek Carr is finding a stride. I think Derek Carr is underrated as a quarterback, um, and now he has some weapons to throw to. You've got A.J. Brown. You know, Hunter Renfro is getting better. They've got Darren Waller at the tight end position. I Watch out for the Raiders. I, I'd say look out. They, they have a shot for sure. I believe they do. It's all going to depend on the defense at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. That will be the deal. And um, I'm curious to see how this run goes out for Josh McDaniels as far as him as the head coach because there was a lot of drama when he was yep. with Denver. So I hope it works out for him. But uh, I don't see a reason why they can't win the AFC West this year. 
That's a good question. Um, how about this? <laughs> how often do you get stressed at? Um, me, the main is just how I'm wired. I, I don't really get fully stressed out. Even when I watch the AEW stuff, I get I get like professionally stressed out because some of the sequences got to type out some of these matches that look like fucking video games that make no sense. But for me personally, there's not a lot of times where I get stressed out. Uh, I'll probably say something like, I would say snarky, but if people are asking me questions that they already know the answers to, I'll probably say something like that when they're just trying to get a rise out of me. But for me personally, this is how I'm wired. I don't really feel like I need to lash out at anybody or just openly looking for reasons to be moody or depressed or upset. So I rarely get stressed. It really takes a lot to get me pissed off, <laughs> like really, really pissed off. So I, I wouldn't say that much. Yeah, I mean, I, I, have, I go back and forth. You know, there's some – as with all of us, I get days where I'm just like, God bless. I can't do this. I need to do something else with my life, blah, blah, blah. And then the next day you're like, well, you just get back up and you try again. So it's I, – I, I would say I get stressed less than most people. I'm yeah. a generally very go-lucky, happy person. You know, I'm very thankful for everything that I have in my life. I've been – God has blessed me with a lot, and I just try to keep that in perspective. Um, so that helps too, is just, you know, just be incredibly grateful for what you do have and not focus on what you don't have and what's going wrong. That helps too. Right. It also helps when you um, got good uh, support system. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's been very, I've been very happy to have that with a lot of people. This show included. I appreciate that, but I, I honestly say that Brent Card is one of my main support systems that I have out there. Love you, my brother. Man. Love you too, um, brother. You know, and, and we have the best wrestling podcast on the internet. Like, let's just be real. We have the best podcast on the internet. That's a shoot. <laughs> that is a shoot. Um, you know, this is a very important question because, like, um, for me, I have select family members that I look I look to when it comes to, like, my support system, but also just from my upgrading and what I've been exposed to, there's a lot of those that I don't trust and that um, sometimes my – inner circle as far as support system is kind of fleeting sometimes and it's very few people that I really like let in within myself and um so when those who really like really think you have to depend on are not there for you all the time you know you, you have to grow up really quick I really when with my whole situation with what happened in high school and my parents getting divorced and all that I I had to really realize that I had to look out for myself and Gain that independence really on. I had to wake up. I had to wake myself up. It's like emotionally and just like you know, grow up quickly. And I, I'm kind of glad that that happened because you know, I think a lot of people probably take things for granted and not really realize how life works sometimes. Some things go out of your control. You have no say over it. How are you gonna adapt to it? So I really think that experience really helped me become adaptable to the things that I'm dealing with. And life is good, man. I really have no complaints. Absolutely. I agree with uh, you, brother. How also, you also, by the way, uh, I, I think we can now use the term inner circle again since that's since they're no longer uh since Jericho <laughs> is no longer using that for his faction, so that's all right. Yeah, it's not a JoJo Dutch faction. So oh, you know, I, can't, I can't wait. We gotta get to the I can't wait. Okay. Oh this one. How is it how's how easy is it to cool down after you ever get worked up? It's kind of similar to the I'm okay with it. Um, 
I usually just either put on some wrestling or play a game or or maybe go for a walk or something like that just to yeah. cool down and kind of get away. Or or actually, I like to just go to sleep, and I usually end up feeling better the next day. So yeah. that's what I usually do. I, I'm kind of similar to you, Burkhart. Music is a big part of my life. Uh, yeah. I listen to music for a good 90 minutes every night before I go to sleep. And um, for me um, – I kind of miss playing video games. I haven't been playing as much over the last five or six months. Work-wise has gone away, but also Xfinity has been a pain in the ass, and I have to replace my Xbox. <laughs> I've had my Xbox One for like six years. Oh, wow. So it's been – it's about that time to replace it, you know, Brent Carter. So I'm afraid with a Series S, or I don't even know what they have now. Yeah, who knows? PS5, whatever the hell they call that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, to this question, like, uh, yeah – Playing video games was a nice like relief thing, especially at nighttime. Uh, now my situation with Xfinity, I'll, I'll say it. I I love the internet; it's great for me because it helps out with me doing the transits and it works perfectly fine. But as far as cables concerned, that's the absolute worst part about mm-hmm. Xfinity. Uh, the the remotes, the new remotes they have, where it's like a green light and red light, they're so flaky and so like unreliable that I can't even barely turn my TV off. I can't even use the power button. It's so stupid. Right. And then it's like you, you'll you restart your modem, right? And your stuff for the TV. And then sooner or later, it'll be like, oh, lost connection, lost connection. My internet's working fine. I don't mess around with my cords. I'm not that destructive. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't mess around with my remote. So, like, right. what the hell's going on out there? <laughs> um, that's a good question, Mike. Uh, uh, Nate, my bad. Glad you asked that. Um, next one. How's your experience overall working at the tattoo shop? Um, I I really enjoyed it. Nate, I'm not gonna lie, I did. There was aspects that I felt it was very monotonous, um, especially during weekdays where, you know, on on our door you say we get out at midnight, but there'd be nights like a Tuesday, Wednesday where um, I I wouldn't get out to like two or two thirty in the morning. Or we're supposed to get out at midnight, and I had to take a lift ride that probably costs like forty bucks or something just to get back to my house. You know, it's it's stuff like that that I didn't like that routine. It was it was doing me no favors. Uh, but as far as the process of being in there, it's a different environment. I'll say that. So I'm glad that I had that experience. You know, and also kind of having that role of authority where I was basically running the shop during my night shifts when I was working there because my uncle. Uh, lives out of suburbs and he wouldn't work those nights. He usually would work on the week week nights mm-hmm. on the weekends during that time period. But uh, you know, have that part that responsibility of closing up the shop and putting the alarm on and the locks and all that stuff. That's cool. Also, the process of uh, cleaning tattoos, uh, the tubes, you know, doing the sterilizing process. That's a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with that, and you know. Uh, <laughs> scanning the release forms into our program. Uh, we had a transcend program where we had to put the info for all our clients and such in case they want to reschedule their uh, uh, tattoos or any complications with their tattoos. Uh, so I, I enjoyed the process. It was, I was there for four years. It's kind of wow. crazy how quick time goes by. Like I started in 2018, I think, and I left last June. So 
I was there for a while, and it was a good experience, and I'm grateful for my uncle giving me the opportunity. It, it just got monotonous, and it wasn't worth what I was getting paid for and sure. then travel back and forth with what I was already doing with my articles and stuff. So um, overall, I would say it's a good learning experience, like life learning experience. And right. that was a good time for me to clear my head because that's when I was dealing with all my Lawrence shit right. at the time. So getting to be at the shop really allowed me to get my head my mind off of that shit, you know? Right. That's good, man. Good for you. Um, how about this question? <laughs> who you who in your eyes has more outside for long-term success? Tyler Bate or Braun Breaker? Ooh. Man, that's like picking between who's your favorite child. Um <laughs> I'm gonna say Braun Breaker just because we don't know what's going to be happening with Tyler Bate in the future. Yeah. Um, what's going to be happening with NXT Europe. If he's, I mean, I, I don't know if he's going to stay in the States, if he's going to go to NXT Europe, Braun breaker is going to be in the main roster. Like it's not, it's not an if, but when, yeah. and he's going to be competing for world championships at some point. So just because of the unknown factor, I'm going to say Braun breaker, but that's going to be a hell of a match at worlds collide. Right. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with Braun Breaker as well. But here's the thing: just because I say Braun Breaker doesn't mean that Ty Pate doesn't have a good future. Let's stop. Oh, absolutely. The guy just turned 25 last year. He has five <laughs> in front of him. So um, I'll go with Braun Breaker because it, it's just right there in front of your face. Right. Um, so. Ooh, would you like Mandy Rose at Toxic Attraction to go up if she loses at Worlds Collide? Um, I'll say yes, because if we have to play this waiting game on, uh, oh, look at me, I'm Sasha Banks and Naomi, then <laughs> I think we're doing a social disservice. Uh, we need more value names on the SmackDown women's roster. And I think those three could bring some good stuff to the table. All three of them, actually. Yeah, I I, I would love to see that. I just, again, I just don't want to get themselves. And this is going to be where Triple H is finally going to have to make some tough decisions. Because... You know, I don't want them to get lost in the shuffle. Somebody like Analia or a Shotzi who is talented, but they're just kind of get lost in the shuffle right now. Yeah. You know, you add toxic attraction to the mix. You ask Mandy Rose who are killing it right now. You know, I, so I just afraid that they're going to get lost in the shuffle. I mean, Triple H is going to have to make some main roster cuts at some point, I think. Yeah. So we'll see. I'd love to see it, but then who goes, if anybody, you know? Right. Uh, Let's go to the next question here. Is there any downside of Jade Cargill? She's an AEW. My answer, second answer is yours. <laughs> the second she gets away from AEW, she's going to be a megastar. Correct. Because she's got the look. Yep. She's, she's confident in her promos. I don't think she cuts great promos, but she's confident in what she does. So if you just coach her a little bit, and her in-ring stuff is okay. Yeah, but she has nobody to work with in AEW. <laughs> like, who, eventually, who are you going to put her in there with? Besides Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm, who else on that roster is worth? I'm sorry, but I'm over Britt Baker DMD. Like I, I, it's sad. Britt's become a one trick pony. It's like it's the DMD thing and her making a, a pot shot towards WWE, even though she's a heel. You know, You're right. Um, yeah, she had, Jay Cargill has a lot going for her. She got the presence. She got the look. Again, you don't have to do 
You don't have to do a Canadian destroyer to be a good wrestler. She she brings a lot of good things to the table, and she's one of the few talents that I do generally enjoy watching on AEW. She's just in the wrong place. You can say cut the shit in WWE. (laughs) Well, and 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 there's another person who we're going to get into when we when we get into our segment who needs to do the exact same thing. Um, but we'll get into that here in just a little bit on the men's side. But um, yeah, Jade Carlo's big thing. She just needs to get out of AEW. We got one final question left here in the backports Q and A session for Nate. Here All right, go. let's do it. One um, another question for the pod. Not even Pokey Fun at TK, but when he tries to make every pay per view feel like WrestleMania, then loads up the cards. Does that does that hurt it? Would you rather have a six high quality match card or three? quality matches and a seven meh match card so he's kind of doing kind of like a you know kind of math here where you have like six good matches and three so-so matches and then vice versa here's the problem i don't think you can get six good matches on an aew pay-per-view you don't have six matches that you remember by at the end of the aew pay-per-view And part of it is, too, is because we get told about the matches two weeks before the show. Yeah, by the way, isn't All Out their biggest show of the year? And And it's not a main event. (laughs) I don't know what they're... As of now, Josh, the main event is the trio's titles final. Oh, for fuck's sakes. Where you're going to get the trampoline artists against whoever comes out of the rampage. Order. Oh, my God. The Elite versus the Dark Order is going to be the finals of the Trios tournament. Because Hangman hang Page and do this Days of Our Life bullshit. <laughs> As of right now, Josh, that's your main event of All Out. Watch the Dark Order win it and the uh, Undisputed Era attacks them and they replace them in the match. Watch that happen. I'll tell you right now. Uh, Nate, here's my thing. It's not that they're incapable of having good matches, but none of those matches tell a story, A. And two, you don't remember them because the matches overstayed their welcome, yep. and there's no reason to have five-hour-long pay-per-views. There are... There's one match I remember from AEW history, and it was a dynamite match when Dax Harwood went against Jungle Boy. That was one of... That's probably, to this date, my favorite... Um, AEW match because I remembered it, it was a great wrestling. Um, it was it was excellent. Um, I wouldn't even put the only the only other match I remember just because of the build up to it was CM Punk and MJF. Yeah, <laughs> but other than that, which well, I don't know if we want to get into this, Josh, but or if we have time right now, but well, and we can wrap some questions. But I I want to talk about MJF for just a moment if we have an opportunity before yeah. we get into our main event segment. But any any other questions that we need to discuss or. No, that was the final question. Okay, awesome. Great questions, everybody. Thank you so much. Man, we had an hour and a half for the segment. That's great. Thanks, everybody, for the great questions. Yes, sir. As always, if you ever want to participate in the Good Birds Q&A session, all you have to uh, do is The Back Ports Q&A session. Oh, yeah, the Back Ports Q&A session. All you have to do is hit us up at Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. Right. It's really great to have our Twitter account back. <laughs> we, we don't associate with the Good Brothers anymore because when was the last time they were relevant? <laughs> Yeah, we changed our logo too. I hope you guys like that as well. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> but um, let's let's. I want to talk about MGF for just a minute, Josh, because I've actually been thinking about this this week. 
And MJF to me, his stock is kind of cooling off a little bit. I, I, f- I feel like it's being, we're waiting too long for either TK to do something or for, for WWE to do something with him. And it might be not his fault because of his contract status. Yeah. But I just feel like his stock, his stock is cooling off a lot. What do you think? His stock will never go down because talent is talent at the end of the day. AW lost whatever money and ratings they were ever going to get for this angle. Again, when CM Punk walked out with the title at Money in the Bank, he was back two weeks because we had SummerSlam, the second biggest show of the year, and Punk was a smart businessman at that time. Can't say that now, but we'll get to that in a couple minutes. But again, it's just another bright example when you don't have some, you don't have professionals being filtering out the bullshit decisions that go through this company, and it's unfortunate. Brett Carter, the NGF promo was June first. It's August twenty fifth. It's been two months. And by the time we get to All Out, it'll be three months. I'm wow. sorry. MJF coming out at All Out is not going to save that pay-per-view. Yeah, coming out to – yeah, him coming out. It's not going to put the deodorant over the stupid-ass booking in this world title picture either. Yeah, what, what are they going to do? Punk's going to come out to All Out and say, I can't go, but here's my replacement. And here comes MJF. Like – right. Will it get a mega pop? Of course it will. Will the AEW fans all of a sudden say All Out is the greatest pay-per-view of all time? Of course they will. But And then what? Are you going to have a clean finish where John Moxley's going to lose the title two weeks after getting the title back? What? So we could do a triple threat match at Arthur Ashe Stadium? Who gives a shit? Stupid-ass company. So, I don't know. I just, I just hope that we see MJF sooner rather than later because, you know, I just, I, I just worry about his stock dropping just a little bit, especially if he goes back to AEW then. But, but again, he might not have a choice just because I don't know the details of his contract and, and yeah. Tony Khan's not going to let him out of his contract or whatever. Like, I don't know that, that stuff. So we'll have to see, but. Right. <laughs> so we'll have to um, see. Before we get to our main event segment, really quick, we're not going to spend yep. a lot of time on this, but. Yep. 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 Talk a little bit some stuff for WWE. For what you did see, what stood out to you this week? Yeah, um, um, the things that I was most excited about, um, and just thinking of, for me, Raw, I thought the Toronto show in Raw was excellent. Um, seeing uh, Edge do his thing and, you know, hit the Canadian Destroyer into the spear, I thought that was great. Um, you know, Dexter Loomis, of course, uh, his, he's been making some headways. That's been really cool. Uh yeah, I, I, I'm just trying to remember uh, kind of what happened on the shows uh, these past weeks. I, I didn't have a chance uh, to get to watch uh, either of those shows. But if you say some things, I'm sure they'll jog my memory. But um, go ahead. Um, I feel bad for Miz. The kid has a family. He has a hot wife. Why are you talking about the building, man? Kevin Owens and Chad Gables. Uh, oh, very, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, also, Finn Balor and uh, Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, the match, maybe uh, it's not reliable at the end of the year, but I thought it was a fun TV match. Mm-hmm. Um, Asuka and Alex Bliss had a 19-minute match with Dakota Kai and Io Shirai. Uh, 
Dakota and Io won that match, which is not surprising to anybody, so no no problem there. I get it. You guys probably would want that to be the finals, but brackets are going to be brackets. It is right. Um, it's, I, kind of, it's kind of dumb, just like having the United Empire against the Elite uh, next week. <laughs> you the know. trampoline fest part two. Um, I was happy, uh, Josh, uh, on SmackDown, a couple things. One, to see Toxic Attraction. I yep. think they're great. Um, I'm also very intrigued by this Hit Row versus Maximum Male Models. I think that could be, <laughs> <That's great. laughs> I think, I think that could be kind of a fun feud yeah. um, between the two groups. You know, kind of gets male uh, the male models some TV time. Hit Row kind of backs some TV time. It'll make Swerve incredibly jealous because he's uh, where he is now and having to play second fiddle to the acclaimed, uh, which we'll get into here in a little bit. But um, so I thought that w- that was fun, too. I, I enjoyed that. I got one piece of audio that I want to play because okay. this, this segment was awesome on SmackDown the other night. Yep. Let's take a listen. Okay. Good talk. Jimmy, one thing before you go, man. You still cool with KO? Kevin Owens? Yeah. We're, I mean, we're both from here, yeah. We go back forever. Okay, good, good. Um, just let him know. I don't know anybody. Anything. Ever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, actually, to be honest, I haven't talked to him in a minute. We're not super tight at the moment. He's over on Raw. But you know what? You're right. You're right. He should know that. He should know. You don't owe anybody anything. Anything. I will I will make sure he hears it. All right? All right. All right. Good luck. Yeah. All right. Good. This one. What? Yep. That's excellent. <laughs> Sammy Zayn is a hidden treasure, man. That's the beauty of not only this podcast, but the transcripts. I love adding these extra clips from backstage because they're very important for context clues. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Your yeah. dynamic was great. Everybody's like, oh, that'd be a good uh, buddy cop movie. <laughs> Roman Reigns and Sammy Zayn. Or even Brock Lesnar, for that matter, wouldn't be bad either. Um, The fatal five-way match to uh, determine Gunther's opponent at Clash of the Castle uh, with uh, Sheamus, Ricochet, uh, Mad Cat, Boss, Baron Corbin, and Sandy Sandy was a bar burner. Um, One more clip. We'll play the cross clip before we get into the matches. Okay. Um, Cross cut another good promo. Much oh, okay. absolutely nobody. <laughs> uh, let's hear this. Limba, Muyenza, Dardai. The tongue is not seen, yet it cuts. Good evening. Something said seemed to have really upset me. Chosen one. The chosen one. I was the chosen one 15 years ago. Then I got fired. Which begs the question what? Whether you want to be or not, you are a chosen one. Just like Ravens. Doesn't matter what you've ever done, what you ever do. 
this is what you are. The truth is pretty bullshit about that. The fact that where you failed, they chose someone else. And that person built the table you failed to set. They chose you. They chose you, and they were wrong. They chose you, McIntyre, and they got inside. You always know they were wrong. Awesome. I I love that line. Um, he built the table that you failed to sit at. Yep. That's awesome. I, I don't get the hate this guy gets. You know, don't you see he's on Twitter all the time? Like, Cross is overrated, blah, 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 blah. Are you kidding me? Regardless of whatever happens at, at Cardiff, you got a good grudge feud that you got right in your hands right there with Cross and McIntyre, something we haven't seen. That was awesome. That was, that was <laughs> fantastic. And, like, I, I – yeah, I've I have a feeling the people that are hating on cross are the same people that are going to pour $60 in to watch all out. Just even if they don't know what the main event is, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I mean, I I've read reports that cross is currently slated as like the number two heel on SmackDown. And I'm like, look at his promos. Look at, do you blame him one bit? Absolutely not. Right. I, I can't wait to see him in a match again. You know? You know, speaking of waterfall, I know we didn't mention Scarborough, though, but that's an easy option to pick. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she could eat my soul, and I'd be fine with that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> no, uh, really great, great stuff from WWE this week, I thought. Yep, yeah, really quick. Here's some of the matches so far for uh, Class of the Castle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we got Gunther and Sheamus, obviously, for the Intercontinental Championship. What is that? Take a sip of water. Yep. Uh, we got Liv Morgan against Shayna Baszler for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Mm-hmm. Matt Riddle against Seth Rollins. Yep, on the card as well. Um, let me see if I got this right. Uh, got those two. Just one second here. Uh, you got the, the women's oh. the six women tag match. The trios match, yeah. Bianca yeah. Belair, Oxa, Alexa Bliss against uh, Damage Control. That's the name of their group. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Roman Reigns against Drew McIntyre for the uh, Undisputed Universal Championship. No. Ooh. I'm really what? excited for that show. By the way, they're doing Clash of the Castle on Saturday. It's going to be starting at uh, noon my time. 1 o'clock Eastern. So I know it gets in the way a little bit of college football, but you have it during the day. It's not going to be a late night type of thing on Saturday. Right. So I'm really, really excited for this pay-per-view next Saturday. The next week, me and you, Brother Carter, will be right here to make our predictions. No. no. Yeah. Well, man, we have a lot of predictions to make that week. We've got Clash of the Castle. We've got The Worlds Collide. We've got <laughs> All Out. We've got... Yeah, yeah. NWA seventy four will still be going on. Not, yeah, that's true. <laughs> before, before we get to the main event segment, Josh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Oh God! All right, I'll I'll add this in the description real quick, and then we've got to get to the main event segment. You have to stay here though, because I want to see your reaction as I read this off here. All right. 
Um, NWA 74 taking place at the Chase Ballroom in St. Louis. Uh, it's their biggest show of the year, obviously. The 74th anniversary of NWA. That's great. Um, I'm going to do this in my Kyle Davis impression. That's the uh, the, the interviewer. Okay. The interview they do. Here's the lineup for NWA 74, live on fight, <laughs> August 27th and 28th. So your boy's busy on the Saturday and Sunday. No kidding. Right, pay-per-view. All right, here we go. First pre-show match, Jordan Clearwater and Marche Rocket representing the Idol Sports Media in conjunction with the church's money, take on AJ Kazana and Anthony Andrews. Luke Hawks takes on VSK of the Card- Cardona family. Uh, Matt Cardona has a, a faction in NWA. <laughs> Those who don't what know. Um, who cares? Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Me and Cardona. All right, here we go. The Misery Faithful take on the Ill Begotten. Matt Cardona be take on a opponent to be determined at the pay-per-view. Hall of Famer Bully Ray will take on Mike Knox in the tables match. The Pope takes on Rodney Mack, accompanied by Aaron Stevens. The masterpiece Chris Adonis takes on Otison. NWA National Heavyweight Champion Jack Zay puts his tie on the line against Scion. EC3 makes his NWA debut, taking on Matthew Mintz. We have a tag team title match pitting the Commonwealth Connection of Harry Smith and Douglas Williams putting the tag titles on the line against La Rebellion. We have a gauntlet match to determine the uh, winner of the Burke Invitational. I'm not going to rattle off all the participants because we don't have the time for that. <laughs> and then the main event, no, two more matches. Uh, homicide against Kerry Morin for the NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship. Also, the main event for night one is Camille putting her NWA World Women's Championship on the line against Ty Valkyrie. That should be a pretty good match, actually. Yeah. Wait, that's night one? That's just night one. What? On to night two. <laughs> what is this? AEW Dark? What are we doing here? <laughs> we have a tag team battle royal to crown brand new NWA United States Tag Team Championships. By the way, I think I rattled off like seven title matches so far here. I'm like, I think so too, yeah. <laughs> um, we have the last Sebastian, Colby Carino, take on Caprice Coleman. We've seen dude commissary on AEW. Davey Richards puts his MLW national overweight title against Britt Billy Silas. Who? Uh, mm. <laughs> Thomas Latimer takes on Judas. We got Macario taking on Mac- Magic Jake Dumas with the beautiful Chrissy Jane at ringside. Pretty in power will be taking on the Hex in the street fight. The Hex are Allison Kay and Marty Bell. That is a street fight for the NWA World Women's Tag Team titles. Nick Aldis will be taking on Flip Garden. Camille will be taking on the winner of the Burke Invitational Gauntlet match for that woman's title. So Camille is defending her twi- title twice during that weekend. And lastly, and certainly not least, the main event for night two, Brother Carter, NWA okay. World Heavyweight Champion Trevor Murdoch against NWA World's Television Champion, the, the Iron Smash. Tyrus. <laughs> That's the main event. Yes. <laughs> Trevor Murdoch versus Brody Brodus Clay is the main event of the show. Yep. <laughs> this really is AEW dark. I mean, this is a dark match. This is a this is dark elevation that we're paying forty. Wow. 
This could be a long I, weekend for me. I don't I don't even know what to say about that as your main event. I mean, the mid card of night one I'm looking more forward to than I am to the main event of night two. And by the way, you can see the updated card on ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com if you want to see what's going on at the NWA. Oh, uh, man. That... This is because I want to see the Rey Mysterio uh, A&E bi- biography. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't so, I don't get A and E unfortunately, so I can't watch these, but I've been I've been I've been told they're very good. Yeah, the Edge one was really good. I'll I'll see if I can maybe get an A and E app or something like that, but wow. Uh twenty matches. Jesus. Uh and the card is always subject to change, so who knows, maybe Matt Cardona gets inserted into the match. Hey, hey, just just be thankful they're not bringing back Nick Gage. Oh, Fuck me, man! <laughs> just, just for saying that, he's definitely gonna show up now. <laughs> I, I know he is. Josh, Honestly, anything else? Anything else? Speaking WWE, yes. Gotcha. Anything else? Nope. No new Japan. Nothing. Is it time? Yes, it is time. Oh, I have been looking forward to this for almost twenty-four hours. It is time for the main event segment. The segment you've all been waiting for. The flagship segment of the Hoots Podcast. The best wrestling segment in all of wrestling podcasting. It is What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. And we're going to get this thing started in a three, a two, a one. Beat your meat. Beat, beat your meat. Beat your meat. Beat, beat your meat. Beat your meat. Beep, beep, your meat. Beep, your meat. Beep, beep, your meat. I'm telling you, my time is right now. Right this minute, 2022. We're living in my time is now. My time is right. God damn now. And what intensity. It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. The random sounds that you heard were my sounds of just complete and utter. What do you even say to that? I, but. Don't you like to do wrinkles to the intro? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Josh, what the hell is wrong with AEW? Or in this case, what isn't wrong with AEW? Oh my god. What you know, Josh, we talk every week. We don't think that AEW could possibly get any worse or any lower. And they managed to raise our expectations. And break through that glass ceiling every single week. And this week was no exception. Now, before we get into the crap, and oh, was there a lot of crap. I think that should be a t-shirt. That We should start selling Hoots Podcast merch. And there's before we get to the crap, and oh, there was a lot of crap. Um, I do want to talk about a couple things that I enjoyed on the show this week. Because I actually think that there was, I have two particular things uh, that I enjoyed this, well, three, I'd say. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the Dax Harwood and Jay Lethal match. I thought that was a good match. Um, that part about it was great. Just the actual in-ring competition was great. Um, the referee was absolutely terrible. 
completely out of position and Sanjay Dutt should never be allowed to have a microphone again. So that was terrible. Um, I, I will say, um, and I don't know, I haven't seen them recently, but I am excited that the Motor City Machine Guns are going to get some uh, main experience, some kind of more mainstream experience. I always thought that Chris Saban and Alex Shelley were a great team when I used to watch TNA. Chris Saban particularly, but Alex Shelley is great too, so I thought that was going to be great. And um, I thought Ricky Starks gave an excellent promo uh, this week on Dynamite. He's the other one I was talking about. He needs to get away from AEW as soon as possible. You get him over in WWE, get him in NXT, he could be a superstar. I, I, I love the time he's getting, and I thought he delivered an excellent, excellent promo this week. And that's what I enjoyed about Dynamite, Josh. Is there anything in there you'd like to add or comment on? Yes, uh, I'm agree with you. Uh, I think the Dex Harwood Jay Lethal match outside the finish was really good. Um, I thought it was a little too lenient, too re- not lenient, too reliant on the covers. Um, again, and a lot of big part of what I'm going to say this week really has to do a lot with the commentary because I thought it wasn't doing any favors. Uh, a four man booth, let alone that three man booth they originally had, is still shits. Um, but I enjoyed the match. I liked some aspects of the main event. Not all of it, obviously, but uh, I thought that was fine. The promo with Christian Cage, I thought was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like you said, the Ricky Starks promo was pretty good. Yeah. But that's not what people... No, that, no, okay. Let's <laughs> okay. Josh, what the hell? Okay. We started off the show with some scrubs. We started off the show with perhaps the worst angle and worst faction in all of professional wrestling, the Jericho Appreciation Society. We're sports entertainers. An angle that now doesn't work and doesn't make any sense at all because the shots that they were taking at WWE no longer exist. Here comes Jericho and his friggin' dumbass coming out. They're taking shots at anything. Daniel Garcia, you pointed that to me, Josh. Is there anything more Times New Roman font? I thought Kip Sabian was the was the king of Times New Roman font, but he <laughs> has been eclipsed by Daniel Garcia. I, I couldn't have been more uninspired by Daniel Garcia on the microphone. Horrible segment with Jericho. <clears throat> Brian Danielson, thankfully, can still cut a good promo. Because his promo was actually pretty good. I didn't. Uh, that's the other thing. I didn't mind Brian Danielson's and his work in the ring. That was fine. And now we're going to get Jericho versus Danielson at All Out because that's going to put butts in the seats, pal. This whole opening segment was tragic. What did you think? Okay. <laughs> they are hell-bent on saying Daniel Garcia is going to be the guy. They're jamming this dude down our throats every week. This segment went 17 minutes. What? Yes, this segment went 17 minutes. God. We're missing a lot of major parts of this as well. First off, one week, Dan Garcia is looking like Jamie Kennedy for Malibu's Most Wanted movie. <laughs> and then this week, he's not trying to press. And then towards the end of the segment, they're making him look like a bitch. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> like, okay. I got a question for everybody that's watching and listening to this. 
please. Does Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson in 2022 do anything for you? No. <clears throat> Jericho, I mean, the only reason that match is going to be passable is because of Brian Danielson. He'll make Jericho look somewhat decent. But no, I don't care about that. Jericho is the is his I have not seen a superstar's stock fall faster in over the course of wrestling history than Chris Jericho. He's an, he's terrible at what he does. He's awful on the microphone. He's terrible in the ring. His gimmicks suck. His the wizard, the lion heart, the Le Champion, the the, 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 the douche, you know, whatever you want to call him. Um, I this was absolutely horrible. I, I yeah, I don't even know what to say. And then Josh, I have one more quick question for you. And is there anyone more useless in AEW than Jake Hager? No, of course not. <laughs> oh my god, did you see? Oh my gosh, we saw what happened with Jake Hager, and I mean, okay. So let's talk about Jake Hager here for a second, okay? So Jake Hager, he what has he done in AEW since his debut in the company? Absolutely nothing. He's been in no high-power feuds. He's terrible on the microphone. He can't cut a promo to save his life. He's been Jericho's lackey for the last three years. And then he comes out, whacks somebody from behind, and this is supposed to me get me excited. Oh, and now I'm supposed to be all super excited because now next week – we're going to get Jake Hager versus Brian Danielson. I mean, we knew this match was coming, and fine. Uh, the only reason it's going to be possible is because of Brian Danielson. And we're going to get to Brian Danielson in a minute when we talk about the world championship, uh, when we get to the world championship picture in just a little bit and start talking about that. But, I mean, I, I don't even know what more to say about this. This was an awful, horrible segment. I don't understand what they possibly see in Brian Danielson or in uh, Daniel Garcia, Daniel Garcia is he's generic as they come. Like Josh mentioned, uh, he looks like an absolute bitch. Like, is, is this a guy I'm supposed to be taking seriously as a main event? Oh, please don't hurt me. I'm in the ring with, you know, um, the, the ring. And I don't know what to do. I'm torn between my two heroes. I don't know what to do. Ah, ah, ah. How am I supposed to ble- take this guy seriously as a main eventer? How? Somebody explain to me, please, how I'm supposed to take Daniel Garcia seriously as anybody that's worth relevance. So, anyways, Josh, I thought this was a terrible opening segment, and um, but I shouldn't be surprised because we're dealing with with sports entertainers. So, sports uh, entertainers. Oh my god, it's just horrible. Also, I now the angle isn't funny. Right, and here's another question nobody's talking about. When's the last time you see Brian Danson interact with the Blackpool Country Club? Why doesn't he come out in BCC gear? Why does he always come out from his fucking outfit from Target? <laughs> like, honestly. Hey, but Booker of the Year, pal. Oh, my God. Okay. Nobody ever asked for a Brian Danielson versus Jake Hager match on World TV. No. I was going to say, that's. The only way that's going to be good is because Danielson will carry Hager through it because he could have a match with a paper bag and make it five stars. He's he's that good. But, exactly. But, okay, let's move on. Um, I now see why WWE got rid of Stokely Hathaway. He is the one of the – he. you want to talk about useless characters. Stokely Hathaway might be one of those useless characters um, on the roster. 
Um, Mac, Max Caster comes out and does his rap. It wasn't great. It was, eh. And then we get the Gun Club family feud. <laughs> okay, isn't this supposed to be their flagship show? Yes. Okay, so we had to sit through a father and son match for... This match even went into picture and picture. <laughs> There's so much wasted time and the need to feel that we need two segments for every fucking match. And again, I was telling you this yesterday. What's his purpose here? One week he's with Jay Cargill, the next he's recruiting Ethan Page and Lee Moriarty and the Gun Club. What the fuck is he cooking up? The Dot Squad? What's next? The Varsity Blondes? Like, what's is this a faction that like is going to be revolved, and then all of a sudden Jade Cargill is going to go? I thought you were working for me, or what? Like, oh god, it's a bunch of bullshit. It's awful. It's awful. It's a waste of time. And I know everyone's going to say, "Oh, how could you knock on that? We're going to get Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio." Yeah, because they've been building to it for over a year. They've yeah, two years. They've thrown this thing together in what three weeks? And let's tie this in too, because we got more important stuff. We're not, not going to do this segment by segment here. Okay. Here's the deal: the acclaim fighting Keith Lee and Shane Strickland on the pay per view. This tells you everything about the power ranking system in AEW. It's bullshit. It's fraudulent. It's misleading. Kind of like AEW in a nutshell. Correct. So we have two teams. Who am I supposed to cheer for? Mm-hmm. When every time I see Keith Lee and Shane Strickland talk on the TV, they're passive aggressive. They're snarky. How am I supposed to take them seriously as Bay faces? Oh, Keith Lee does the pounds and Shane Strickland does every move the Young Bucks does. Awesome. Well, and we can all already predict the rap. You know, he's going to talk about Hit Row and he's going to talk about, you know, Mia Yim or something like that. You know, it's tampering. (laughs) So stupid. Okay, let's move on. Hey, the women's match wasn't before the main event. Great. But DMD gets to go against a jobber instead of somebody, you know, giving somebody like Akira Hogan or somebody who has some talent. Instead, they're going to put a one and two person out there, give her a regular entrance, and then DMD is going to go cut a promo after beating a jobber. Booker of the year, pal. Uh, I at least appreciated the Pittsburgh sucks chance. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> Sorry to Adam Daly if he's watching. Uh, but here's the like, you really tell how quick things change in the year. So you bring out, <laughs> we got to tie this in too, because it's done roses stuff is going on. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so again, now this is going to be a four way. Uh, gimmick name is Fernand Burnham for the interim AEW Women's World Championship. It's Britt Baker against Tony Storm against Jamie Hayter against um, Hikaru Shida. Shida. Yeah. By the way, Hikaru Shida was one of their original homegrown talents, right? Yep. Don't didn't you notice that nobody gave a shit when she came down to the ring? Nope. <laughs> but she's getting a world title match. Yeah. By the way. Didn't Jamie Hayter lose a match to uh, uh, Tony Storm recently on the show? Yes. So what? What's her role in the match outside her doing cubby blows to somebody's back? Because that's basically all her offenses. Yes, correct. But 
but again, you know, so, but hey, Josh, Athena was going to save the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. For the other time, match, it hasn't been announced yet. We got to wait for Rampage oh, for that to be announced. That was <laughs> just, oh, God, I can't. Uh, also, and I know you and I disagree on this, yeah, Josh. Um, this. Yeah, I know you're not a fan of the interim world championship idea. I actually don't have a problem with the interim world championship idea. To me, it makes sense. Um, I think that it's, it's, you know, if somebody's hurt, you got to have an interim world champion. When they come back, you can, you can unify the titles. I think it's an easy storyline. I like it. I don't have a problem with the interim world champion concept, but AEW has managed to really royally screw it up. That's the whole problem because the ranking system that doesn't matter, um, you know, you've, you've got, well, they, the talent gets hurt so often because of the style that Tony Khan insists on. So the concept is good, but AEW has destroyed it and made it terrible. Go ahead. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to make this simple. I, I again, I, I preface this. I'm not an MMA guy. I'm not. Pro wrestling is not MMA. Right. This decision of interim world title, just in general, is doubling down the fact that you've done a shitty job booking your roster to have competent people to be the champion at that time. Because we already know whether you relinquish this shit or not, you're going to get a title match back, even if you're injured. <laughs> and so we just ran into the snare, which we're going to get to with the CM Punk and John Moxley thing, right? Yeah. And this whole buildup was about, oh, okay, we're going to have an interim match. We're going to have a unification title match, right? This time, this cup, how long has this company been around? I believe we just got to their three year anniversary. Okay, so why are we doing undisputed championships in three years of the company for a company <laughs> that was going to be based on good booking and wins and losses mattering? If anything, this is doubling down the fact they've done a shit job with the women's division. The fact that you have to revert back to Britt Baker every time something goes wrong or somebody gets injured at division, you fuck it up. Ruby Soho, a fuck up. Athena, nobody gives a shit. Jane Cargill is a TBS champion when she should be in this match. Correct. She should be. Jane Cargill should be their world champion, not their not their secondary title champion. <sighs> and you got other talented people on the roster that don't get the TV time that should be on the show, like Penelope Ford. Yep. But no, we got to double down on the Nyla Roses of the world and Emmy Sakura and her fucking Freddie Mercury cosplay bullshit. It's nonsense. And, we're, okay, and we're, they'll, have, they'll have a good match. Will anybody remember it by the time the pay is over? No. No. And you're going to throw Sheeta back in there, but what has she done relevant in the last six months? Absolutely nothing. Correct. So, well, Josh, as we said, AEW all except women, right? Anything that could go wrong will go wrong. Speaking of going wrong, at the top of the second hour of Dynamite. Oh fuck. <laughs> Josh, shall we shall I do I need to play a um uh, a funeral march here or something like that? Is is it time to almost have our eulogy? We're not even gonna talk about the match because the match itself was pointless. It was stupid. Yeah, just trying to play some ominous music. All right, let me see if I can find some uh, some ominous music here, Josh. Give me just a second here to cue it up. Um, let's see. Hopefully, we can hear it here. Hold on. All right, I'm just uh, getting some music here queued up. Hang on, just a minute here. Here we go. 
Hopefully you can hear this. Here lies the honeymoon reunion tour of CF Punk. It ended, ironically, in a city WWE run. By the way, wasn't CF Punk the Taj Mahal for AW positions? Yes. Yeah. It wasn't Brian Danielson. Adam Cole. People don't even recognize Adam Cole still on the roster. On August 25th, you took your prize possession that you thought was going to see it, because for you to new heights, going to compete with Raw. We remember Chris Jericho saying, Oh, in six months, I'll draw Raw. And Five million years by this time, as we're recording this last year. Well, the conversation is not about his problems. It's back to melodrama. And him laying in the ring after a four-minute match that nobody gave a shit about. Here lies CM Punk. Bill Brunson. <laughs> this character that we got the return of CM Punk that everybody's been waiting for for seven and a half years. And for what? Crown John Moxley as the undisputed AEW. <laughs> Realize <laughs> and the honeymoon reunion tour. Ladies and gentlemen, May it rest in peace. <laughs> I, now I'm really about to go off. Okay, I, I I didn't mean to laugh, Josh, but you just said they handed John Moxley the world title. <laughs> uh, am I wrong? No, <laughs> no. Okay, Josh, I know Punk's your guy. Go ahead. It's gonna pay me to say this because I am a Punk guy. But here's the difference between me and other Puff fans. I could call what I see right in front of me. I'm not, I'm not going to put a blind eye to what I'm seeing on my television screen just because my favorite wrestlers back. You know, all the times that Punks came back, it's all been about Bret Hart this, Bret Hart that, Bret Hart this. I'll tell you what, and I've had time now to go back and watch WCW for what it was and all this stuff. And I started watching wrestling in 98 and I started to notice the downfall of WCW in 95. I was five years old at the time. So I was kind of comprehend- comprehending what's going on. So every time I heard about CM Punk and Bret Hart comparisons, it's not Bret Hart after WrestleMania 13. It's not even Bret Hart going into the Macho screw job. What I see right now for my favorite wrestler is CM Punk, a.k.a. Bret Hart, in 1999. Mm. My favorite wrestler has been relegated and presented as Bret Hart coming out of the screw job in WCW. I wouldn't be surprised if Punk had the same amount of days in his title reign as Bret did in WCW for his two world title reigns. And everything... 
that happened in the second uh, top of the second hour of last night's Dynamite illustrates what's wrong with this promotion. So we are a week and a half away from the biggest pay-per-view of the year. And you decide to do a fucking squash match that nobody cared about to what, do a rematch? Where a year for CM Punk making the biggest return in wrestling history, right? All the way this year, all the way from last year at the United Center, all the way to having a rematch with the cosplaying Stone Cold in John Moxley as the main event of All Out. Tell me if that's not Mark booking. I don't know what is. Honestly, there's no excuse. There's no reason you could tell me with a straight face that that match should not have been the closeout of the show. Hell, if you wanted to do fucking Death Triangle and United Empire for 40 fucking minutes like it was last night, you still could have done the same thing and have Punk and Moxley do that with Moxley holding the title up the air to close out the show instead of leaving your entire TV watching audience and the people in the crowd confused. Because guess what? There was no edge Jeff to save the day. He didn't show up. So everybody walked into the show last night saying, oh, here comes MJF. He's going to save the day for the feud. Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. The entire road to this fucking pay-per-view has been a complete and utter clusterfuck from top to bottom. Yep. I'm sorry. The acclaim and swerving our glory is not a match that I'm going to pay 50 bucks for on a pay-per-view. Christian Cage and Jungle Boy is the main event of Dynamite, not on pay-per-view, something that I want to see. Same thing applies for Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah, they have history to each other. That's a Rampage main event. I'm just keeping it 100 with you. So here's the thing. Our biggest show of the year, we got the Taj Mahal. Tony Khan even laid it out to every fucking media member out there. He's like, okay, I'm sorry to bring these guys in for WWE. I'm getting momentum. The dirt sheets are on my side. We're doing this. We're doing that. We're TV 14. We have, we have those scripted promos, right? Everything the WWE's not doing, we're doing, right? But if we get see above, I'm telling you, if we get see above, we're going to be competing with Raw and SmackDown. Here comes CM Punk. A year later, he gets a title off of Hangman Page, one of your younger developing towns that you've spent the entire year trying to reestablish his credibility, just to lose the title to Punk because Punk cut a fucking promo in Vegas 11 years ago. That's the only reason why Punk became the champion. Everything in this fucking company has to do something to do with the WWE. Oh, CM Punk is in Cleveland. Oh, so we should just take the title off of him. Just like he got his ass kicked in the octagon in Cleveland four years ago. So, I'm sitting here Try to give the show a benefit of doubt every week. I want it to be good. I want it to be good. But the fact that people are having conversations a year for CM Punk's return to wrestling, that CM Punk is going to turn heel in Chicago? Are you fucking kidding me? If that doesn't tell me this guy is full of his own shit, I don't know what else to tell you. Booker of the year, my ass. CM Punk and John Moxley in a four-minute squash match John Moxley cut his little stupid pro. Oh, I'm the guy. I'm the guy. You ain't shit. You're a fucking Nick Gage ripoff. Shut the fuck up. So now, again, Brian Carter, let me hear your thoughts on this. 
what the fuck we're going to do in the main event for this pay-per-view, and why the fuck should we care? Right now, as it stands, the main event of All Out, I predict, is a trios match between the Elite and the Dark Order with Hangman Adam Page. Because there isn't a world title match. As of right now, there is no world title But you know what's going to happen on Dynamite this week, Josh? Punk, something's going to magically happen, and they're going to run the match again at All Out or something like that. Or in, the, or in the final segment of the show, Moxley's going to walk out and be like, well, I noticed I was left off the show. Where the fuck's my main event? Blah, blah, blah. I want to bleed. I want to... Punk will come out. They may have some kind of match or whatever. Or he'll introduce MJF or whoever or whatever. And it's, oh, my God. AEW is the best thing ever because they did this thing. Ah! Right? And it's going to be a useless match that nobody's going to care about. And... Here's the other thing I want to say about this, Josh, uh, and this is what I wanted to uh, I wanted to bring up, and and you talked about this already. Uh, you talked about this a little bit, but I I, I want to talk. I'm sorry, and and I know that I'm a little bit biased because, as you know, I'm not a punk guy. I I I, I I've been saying for years he should have never left WWE the way he did, how he did. He may have had his reasons. Fine, you know that's that's for him and him and God to to deal with, and that's fine. Um, I will also say this. He was the thing I was most looking forward to every week since he made his return to AEW. Because you may not like the guy, but goddamn, can he cut a promo? And can he get you in the palm of his hands to get you really excited about what he's going to do, right? But then, as you say, and then they rang the bell. And, I mean, you, Josh, you've seen the brawls. You've seen the matches. You've seen everything that Punk has to offer. And this right here, dropping the title to Moxley in four minutes or whatever, has officially tarnished and ruined the legacy of CM Punk. CM Punk is not the martyr anymore. CM Punk is not the guy that was going to be the savior of everything. He's already, that was the myth. Part of what made Punk so such the darling and all of the chance that it would happen at every show was because of the myth of how good he was when he walked away. And then he came back. And he came back to AEW. If this is an indictment on this company that AEW has ruined the greatest martyr, the greatest myth in the history of professional wrestling, I'm sorry. He's not... You can you can look at this and make an argument to say WWE was right to get rid of CM Punk. They saw the writing on the wall seven years ago. Look at his content and tell me I'm wrong. And now, do I believe that's the case? No, I don't. Because I, you know, AEW, they're not incompetent. AEW ruined CM Punk. So if Punk would have done something else, it would have probably been fine. But look at the, the, the product is there. You, it's on video. Go back and watch it. It's there. Look at that and tell me that WWE was right to get rid of C- or was wrong to get rid of CM Punk. You can't say that definitively now. You can't. Punk is not the martyr. Punk is not the guy. He's you can look at say he's just a wash up guy that took a, a check. Yep. Look at the look at the work and tell me and you can make that argument. I'm sorry, but that's the case. Yeah, yeah here's the thing, Brad Carter. Like they. 
all these times I heard all these people from the Sturgey shows and everybody told me, man, once they get CM Punk, watch out. You know, once CM Punk comes in, oh, Vince McMahon and Triple H are going to be on their heels. You saw that too. Of course they did. Everybody was hyping up. Oh, CM Punk is in. Oh, A-Dub's going to go and run to the uh, Bricks Bank and do all this stuff. And I, I hate saying that because here's the truth. CM Punk has had the same impact in AEW as Bret Hart did in WCW. Correct. And you can't tell me I'm wrong. And for anybody to bring bring Moxley into this conversation, if you are trying to convince yourself that Moxley is in the same lane as Stone Cold Steve Austin, you need to be tested. (laughs) You need to be tested. They're not in the same stratosphere. And I don't care how many times JR tries to tell you otherwise that Moxley's the same thing as Stone Cold Steve Austin. They're only cheering for him for the fucking song that Charlie Cheen came out to 30 years ago. <laughs> We're not cheering for him. Right. And I can't sit here and watch with a blind eye as people try to make excuses for this shit. You had your biggest acquisition in your company's history, and then a year later, what is everybody talking about? Oh, his backstage issues with uh, Cole Cabana, uh, his issues with Hangman Page, where he said he's not going to put Hangman Page over. As far as the match concerned, whether he's injured or not, the match should have been booked in the first fucking place. And if you are going to do that, either have that start off the show or close close the show. But again, we have a fucking Mark making the decisions here. Eric Bischoff said it best. Tony Khan books like a 14-year-old boy. That's, that's exactly. it. It's, it's, and I want to, Josh, I want to talk more about the world championship here for just a minute. Because sure. Moxley's their champion, right? Yep. I was thinking about this earlier today. If you look at the AEW roster... There are only two people on that roster that I could even remotely consider and would believe as a world champion. And they're both in Moxley's group. And that proves that Moxley is number three in their group. That line by Punk was dead on. There are only two people in that company that I even would remotely believe as credible world champions. Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli. Who else in that company is a believable world champion? I will give honorable mention, and I don't think that this is his fault. I'm actually going to give honorable mention to Pac. Because I think Pac, if given the right storyline, I could see him being actually really great as a world champion. I think he's got a great look. He's great on the mic. Really good in the ring. I think he's really underrated in the ring. So I'd give honorable mention to Pac, but because he's what he's had to do with death, death trial and being all these trampoline matches, you know, we have to push him off to the side. But you're telling me that this Mark Booker can't see that the other two people in Moxley's group, which, by the way, the group has kind of been irrelevant, as you said, over the last month. When was the last time they both came out in, in country club gear? They are both credible, more credible world champions than John Moxley. But how are they going to do? How are they going to get that all worked out where they can give one of them the title? Oh wait, they're not because they're going to put him on Tony Khan's fantasy jerk off guy and John Moxley because he wants to see the blood and he wants to see the guts and he. It... Brother Carter, they said on the show like ten times that this was the biggest match in the history of Dynamite. 
the biggest match yes, in history of Dynamite. Yeah, if that you know what it is the biggest match in the history of Dynamite because that's exactly what Dynamite has been for the last few years. That bullshit right there. Bill of Goods advertising, Bill of Goods marketing, Bill of Goods booking, and an inept owner who doesn't know what the fuck he's doing unless he gets counsel from Dave Meltzer. It's ridiculous. Say that to a casual fan that's watching AEW for the first time. Oh, here's CM Punk. I haven't seen him in a while. He doesn't know about his foot injury. He doesn't know about the backstage problem. You're not even seeing the same guy you saw in 2014 before you left the WWE. Everybody bought into this whole idea. Ever since Punk did that podcast that he's going to show up somewhere and they're going to be a legitimate competition, and that they're going to get all these ratings and all this shit. And I can say this, as a CM Punk fan, I love the guy. I love seeing what he's done on TV. I love the view at MGF. I like the match he had with Darby Allen, the one he had with Dax Hardwood. I'm not saying CM Punk hasn't done good things in AEW. And I'm not even knocking Punk as a person, but I'm calling a spade a spade here. We all been fucking hoodwinked. To the myth, like you said perfectly, the myth, the idea that CM Punk going to a different wrestling company is going to re-spark the Monday Night Wars. Everybody bought that shit, hook, line, and seeker. And here we are. AW is limping into their biggest show of the year. And WWE just posted another record quarter of financial. (laughs) And again, here's the thing. What's everybody talking about? Oh, we had this precious talent meeting. Yeah, the guy who runs the Jacksonville Jaguars is going to pump me up for a fucking raw <laughs> speech. And then what, what else? We're going to hear from Chris Jericho, who's in it for himself. Yep. What was it that PWI Insider said that Kenny Olivier was giving tough love yep. to the, the locker room? Give, give me a fucking break. Kenny Olivier is giving tough love to the locker room? When he's the one that force feeds his idea that you need five star matches from Meltzer. And okay, again, Mark Booking, you have what you tell is the biggest match of the year, but we don't do it because we need a standoff with Kenny Olivier and Will Ostwat. <laughs> we need that to close the show. Yep. Uh, and again, I, what do we say all the time in the show about double standards? If that went down on a Raw or SmackDown, let's say Roman Reigns was fighting uh, Sheamus. Okay. And Sheamus beat Roman Reigns like that. Oh, it'd be... Oh, it'd be oh, it. oh it, the internet would explode. <laughs> oh, my God. How? What? 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 Yeah, exactly. And But they hyped up Omega to be this... You know, the savior, the god of professional wrestling. And again, this is what the charm of this podcast is. I'm not going to call, I'm not going to let shit slide. Oh, it's a new company. I'm not buying that excuse. You named yourself All Elite Wrestling. I'm going to give you fucking Elite Standards. You guys think you're the end all and all the answers that's wrong with professional wrestling? I have been proven to be wrong since. Me and you haven't been proven wrong since. We've been proven right every single time. Yep. All you have to do is just just watch the product. And, okay, and, and the other thing, too, and I know we've got to move on here, Josh. Yeah. And the, I mean, the, the main event it, the main event was what it was. It was a trampoline fest. Happy to see Will Ospreay. I don't know who Ozzy Open is. Obviously, they don't know what the concept of tag ropes are. No, it's, it's, yeah. so 
we're good with the main event. So fine. Um, again, Josh, you brought up the casual fan. If I'm somebody, if I'm trying to attract new viewers at some point, right? Because at some point, you would think the same people are that are going to watch week in and week in and week out, they're going to watch no matter what and fine. But uh, uh, you're trying to bring some new viewers into your company. Okay, great. So you show them the product. Oh, okay. Well, I remember kind of seeing this guy when I was a kid and this guy when I was a kid. Oh, Jericho. Okay, cool. Yeah. And okay, cool. Yeah, great. Bang. They show it. It's like, okay, fine. Then the next week, you see maybe one or two of the same person. But you go, well, wait a minute. What what happened with those other guys that I saw last week? I I kind of wanted to see them. Who's this other guy? Who's the wait, hook? Is he like a Peter Pan character? Like, wait, where is he coming from? What is, what is, and then like week to week to week, you don't know what you're going to get. So why would I tune in every week to follow a story? I like, I just, I, I don't understand what this company feels their long-term plans are. <laughs> Think about this. Nobody's talking about the Henry product. Everybody's talking about, Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara getting into a fight. Obvious on air and behind the scenes issues that we've seen already with Thunder Rosa's Britt Baker. That's like Stevie Wonder can know that those two have been feuding and have issues with each other. Mm-hmm. Like, and then we got this stuff with uh, Santana, you know, tweeting out the uh, date of his contract expires. Bobby Fish is ripping the announced team over uh, Excalibur, uh, talking about the roundhouse kick that Punk. By the way, Punk conveniently did a roundhouse kick with the foot that didn't hurt him, but selling the other foot for the majority of the match, which I thought was fucking odd and stupid. Thank God Bully Ray pointed that out, a busted open say It's like, the dude, the whole concept that Punk supposedly hurt, but he didn't sell the ankle when the finish went down. The finish had nothing to do with the ankle. It was two Death Riders. We wait 10 seconds for him to go back to, oh, my foot hurts. My foot hurts. And it's like, referee Tony would understand this better and how to, like, structure out a finish like that than I would or you would. But, again, (laughs) we're supposed to believe now it's a work. We're going to have some justifiable reason to do a rematch as the main event at the pay-per-view for what? To do a three-way at Arthur Ashe Stadium? No offense to everybody in the East Coast, but the fact that you're putting All Out to – you're putting fucking Grand Slam over All Out is stupid business. That but, all, that Grand Slam show is not going to do you any money. It's not. They Again, they care about ratings. They don't care about – they don't understand. It's WCW 2.0. What, a, a barely 70,000 uh, increase of – Barely jump over one million for the first time in three months. Wow! Congratulations, AEW. What a fantastic show last night. Yeah, wait till they accomplishment. Wait till it's time for the TV revenue or the TV contracts to renew. Yeah. Well, what's our crowning too? Oh, we can sell out the Now Arena in Hoffman States. What would he fucking do, Josh? That's, that's like um, that's like Kings of Leon selling out the UIC Pavilion. Or uh, the Aragon Ballroom here in Chicago. Like, come on. Josh, this company is going to hell. Tony Khan is in a lot of trouble. And at some point, the wool is going to come off of everybody's eyes. TV executives are going to look at this and go, nope, we're not renewing this. Especially with the Warner Brothers Discovery merger. 
they're going to look at this and go, why should we continue to do this? Like it's the ratings are declining. It's useless blood and guts on my television. It's people cussing for no reason. Yep. Why should we put this on our television program? Because it's not WWE. Josh, I'm getting tired of talking about this. Anything else you want to add? No, ladies and gentlemen, on that note, that is what the hell is wrong with AEW this week. Let's get out of here. This has been What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. I'll tell you what, son. Don Fallis is back. What a show, man. I can't. I can't stand Don Cows. Okay. Josh, this has been awesome. Man, we've been for a long time. This was great. Great episode. That was awesome. That was awesome. Great show. Great show this week. I want to thank uh, Nate, um, Chris, and Mike for some awesome questions this week. Um, This show flew by really fast. (laughs) We had a blast here. I hope you guys did too as well. uh, Brother Carter and I are going to plan to do some more like late night recording so he could be more consistent on the show, it, like kind of like a little prelim before Thursday night football. So, yeah. um, if we get it on a Thursday night or Friday morning, that's why the release date's going to happen. But, um, yeah, uh, I am looking forward to it. It's fun to do these like late, late night shows, good way to unwind after the day. Yeah, we're not rushing to rush out of the show for you guys. Like, you get a good authentic hoops podcast for you guys. So, Hope you guys enjoyed the show. As always, you can leave us a four or five star review on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to like this video on our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash Hoops Podcasts. Uh, you get to see our new logo. Make sure to press the bell button so you get notified when you get new episodes. Uh, you can follow Brother Carter at Twitter at Derek Stoughton. Make sure to check out his work at DerekStoughton.com and WrestlingRumors.net. I'm at Twitter at the Hoops Podcast. Make sure to hit me up at uh, Instagram at Josh Lopez Media. Uh, Bookmark Pro Wrestling as I covered the NWA Marathon in St. Louis <laughs> this weekend. And uh, next week's going to be busy. Like you said, we got Worlds Collide, Classes of Castle, and a lot. And <laughs> if you guys are thinking that NGF's going to be deodorant for AEW, you got another thing coming because, hey, guess what? He doesn't want to be there. Oh my God. <laughs> For Brother Carter, I'm Joshy. This has been episode 324 of the Hoops Podcast. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. We love you guys. We'll talk to you all next week. Yes, sir. Fuck Don Callis. <laughs>